Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. fellow podcast listeners and welcome back to the pop culture pub podcast i'm your host my name is chris lockhart and i'm joined by two of my co-hosts first up we have ragnar how's it going ragnar well it's going okay and hello everyone and and next we have mr kevin decent how's it going kevin uh, it's going all right, and uh, you guys live in Canada, so you're used to it. Anyone living uh, further south in North, in North America, if you hear anything in the background, it's probably our heat kicking on. Aww. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, my furnace is going right now. Um, and that uh, lovely awe you just heard is our special guest, Miss Lillian <laughs> Knelson. How's it going, Lillian? The world is on fire in my province. You know, we went from being on fire to flooding to, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm just grateful I'm warm and I got nerd stuff. Yep. This is your second once in a hundred years event this year. <laughs> Ironically, this year. Um, one of the biggest things that's, there's a minor history lesson. There's a part that is currently flooded that used to be a lake that they yep. pumped it out and turned it into uh, rich that's right. farmland. Um, and the pump house is on the verge of failure, which means once again, it would turn into a lake. Uh, and I think it was almost exactly, it was 1990, I think the last time that it flooded this badly. And the images are creepily the same. Wow. I'm like, whoa. Yep. Mother nature be all like my lake. Yep. Anyways, but yeah, that's us. Um, so Ragnar, how's the the show's been going? Well, I've I've entered the the part of the year where um, I'm doing craft shows. Okay, and and craft, craft shows are good. They're not as much fun as Comic Con. Yeah, you know, no. Comic Con, everyone is cool, everyone is your friend, and you get to talk about fun nerdy stuff all day long plus make sales craft shows i do make sales i hear a lot of people say i'm so glad there's something for guys at this show Mm -hmm. and i hear a lot of you know i've never seen a craft like this before but there's a lot of people not just old people but there's a lot of them too that go to craft shows with no intention of buying anything they're just there as a social event. Mm. But especially in the pandemic, 
there's nothing social about it. Yeah. There's no food court. There's no cafeteria. There's no food truck. There's no benches. You're literally just walking up and down aisles of hardworking artisans showcasing their crafts. Yeah. And if you're not there to shop, it's it just is so weird to me that this is what you would do for relaxation with your friends. You know, and, and so they can be very tiring on a person because you have a lot of conversations with people, but they're not interested in buying. They're just curious about you and what you're selling. And it really, it really can wear a person down. So I just, I just finished doing three of them and I have a weekend off and I am really looking forward to having a weekend off. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I to- I, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I know um, in my neck of the woods, we have a lot of farmers markets, um, and yeah, and yeah, they're they're yeah. they're places for people to go have a coffee, you know, pick up a few things. But yeah, it's it's a social atmosphere. But yeah, nowadays with COVID, yeah, I don't even think we're having farmers markets around here currently. But uh, how are you finding the yeah. restrictions for farmers markets? I'm actually really curious. Like, what is the table spacing like? Um, well, I, I did go to a uh, one this summer uh, at Alberta Beach, and the the spacing was basically the same. Like, everything was the same, but you had to walk a certain way. Like, you, like you had to go in one set of doors and out the other set of doors, and you ha- and if you de- you you couldn't backtrack. If you backtracked, you know you'd get you know a stern warning from the lady that runs the thing. Um, so like, yeah, cause you know, sometimes like when I'm in a farm, like what I like to do when I go to farmer's markets is I typically like to look first and then throw my money down. Like, because I mean, there's, you know, certain people that make the same things, right? So I don't want to buy one thing over here from this person when this other person further down the line might make it better, you know? So That's actually um a very smart thing to do. That is very wise. Yeah, but I didn't Kudos. but I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to backtrack and then I got like um I got in trouble from the lady that runs it and uh I was I was just like, you know, what I'm like whatever. I like I I'm a customer. Like I'm wearing a mask. I'm keeping my distance from people. Like it's not like I was, you know, walking up to people and coughing on them, but I don't know. Some people just like that power that they get from from the restrictions, right? Yeah. I mean, there's also that. yeah. There's always going to be people that think that they're the big fish and not even a small pond, a pond no one cares about. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you give them a little bit of power in small situations like this, and it goes right to their head. And it's like, listen. If I drive two minutes away, no one's heard of you or this craft fair or your little thing, and no one gives it a poop yep. about it. So let's calm yourself a bit. Yeah, I have yet to experience this. Um, oh, although geez. I have had, like, working in a hotel, I have had some interesting people comment about others mm-hmm. um, in respect to their choices, which I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, that's not. That's not really valid to the pandemic like you can't ask people to do that but not to the extent there like any events i've been to the minute you're through the doors people inside have been like you're done like you're vaccinated obviously or you're wearing a mask just wash your hands and you could be free yeah 
except for the people who were complaining that you had to wear a mask. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, and like now I'm to the point like like I was actually just talking to my wife about this. I, I went to a convenience store about an hour ago, and I walked in there, and I'm, I'm wearing my mask. And it wasn't until after the fact that I realized after I left that a lot of people that were in there weren't wearing masks at all. It's just I like I've, I I don't even notice like when masks were like mandated originally, I was like, oh my god, that person's not wearing a mask. Oh, that person's not wearing a mask. Now it's like I I don't care. Like I'm I'm doing my part. You know, I'm I'm doing what the government's telling me to do and wear a mask in public, whatever. I, I don't care what other people do, you know, really. Um, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I right found well, I was just going to say I found um, at trade shows, I'm hearing a lot of bitching and complaining from customers of all ages and all genders. <laughs> about wearing the masks and i see lots of people take them off when they think no one's looking mm -hmm. um and i'm so conflicted on it because on the one hand i personally hate wearing a mask it's so hot mm -hmm. and sweaty and, yep. and part of that is because i have a beard a great big beard so a mask doesn't fit particularly well and and it ends up being extra sweaty um I hate them. I, I sort of understand why we're wearing them. I'm not totally convinced that a simple piece of cotton over your face prevents transmission of an airborne yeah. disease, but I'm not going to get into that argument. I'm, I'm not totally sold on it, but, uh, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's just it's so weird because I see someone take their mask off and I part of me wants to be like, yo, put your fucking mask back on. And yeah. part of me is like, man, I should take mine off, too. It's such a weird yeah. place to be in. Um, now, here in Saskatchewan, they have started finding people who are out in public and not wearing a mask. And I believe it's an $8,000 fine. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, wow. They've only issued a few tickets. And, and in the past, a lot of the tickets they issued were never actually collected. Like, they didn't actually enforce them. They just mm. they gave you a ticket. They made a big splash about it in the papers, and then that was the end of it. They never actually. Most of them have been contested collected. and didn't hold up in court either, which doesn't. Yeah, help. yeah. So, so I don't know, but I, I think we're going to be stuck with these things for probably the entire winter, and it's hard to say if we'll ever actually hit a point when you don't have to wear them. Um, but I'm I'm expecting by spring if we're still wearing them to start really seeing some big protests against masks not against vaccinations but against masks i, I, won't, say, uh, I won't join them, but sorry. i you know i'll kind of sympathize a little bit um your comment there like having worked in a hospital there's a specific way um, and when you wear a mask as a pe like a, a personal as a pe part of PPE, mm -hmm. the way you put it on, the way you take it off to single mm -hmm. use, like the way you touch it, everything like it's supposed to be this one way so that it is if, if, if ideally if you're like any the what like if I've used it and I'm dealing with someone who is bloody and disgusting. Right. and I get blood on my mask, I'm happy to know that it's not on my face. But mm -hmm. the way I take off my mask shows is very important and it's just fun it, it's one of those you know there it's not just like my current mask my cotton one 
I think I, I wash it once a week and I wear it constantly and it's Sailor Moon and it's like happy, but it's not, not the same as the <laughs> hospital the way you do it. Like it's not as yeah. I don't sanitize it every day. I, and I don't mean just like, but it is very different. So mm-hmm. I think there's a huge difference between wearing a mask and yeah. wearing a mask properly. <laughs> And, and I, think and I it, do not do it properly. And they're not asking us to wear them properly. And they're not asking us to take them off like a double-gloved surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, sometimes I get a little frustrated because I'm like, okay, especially if you're a nerd and we can be a little nitpicky. But if you wanted to go about this a certain way, this is not the way to do it. And that's my rant right there. Well, I'll just jump in and, you know, if everybody was wearing – a form-fitting, perfectly sealed N95 mask, then I really think masks would be effective. Yeah. But me wearing a bandana over my face like a cowboy going to rob a bank, I just don't think that protects me or anybody else from airborne particles. Yeah. It's very different. I mean, definitely it does catch things. Like if I sneeze into my mask, I guarantee you, you're not going to get wet. I am. Yeah, but it really it just as you said, there's a huge gradient. Like any of this, and and I think as a person, ironically, I found most people who are um, able to question things and yet do it in a way that it's not completely like you're a dick Mm -hmm. are people within a nerd community that I know that because they know how to question things and at the same time have a proper conversation without debating. Because they're used to questioning things. I mean, sure, you get those nerds who are very sticklers, kind of. But anyone I've had a conversation with within this community, and we're like, you know, sometimes I'm not so sure about this. You don't immediately have someone, like, killing you over it, right? Yeah. Hmm. I go with how dirty is the place I'm going to be at. So, (laughs) like, I went to the comic store today because it's Wednesday. There were three or four of us in the store the entire time. So I wasn't worried about wearing a mask. And because I go at the same time every week after work, I see the same people who also go at the same time every week. I'm like, all right, I've been around you few people multiple times over the last few months. And we're all comic nerds. So we kind of only go to the same couple of places anyways, work, home, you know, food. But if I go into a Walmart or a Target or something like that, mask is on. Yeah. I'm just... But, you know, seeing the little dirtbag children and <laughs> some of the classier clientele, I'm just thinking, even if it doesn't do anything at all, I'm probably at the very least saving myself from breathing in, like, body odor or, or other things here in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, I, 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 I didn't mean sound elitist or anything there. No, it's just no, my, no. no, I my, got you. My my Walmart is just uh, the the classiest place in the area. <laughs> so you're, you're Kevin, where you guys live, it's not mandatory to wear a mask. It is, but it's gotten relaxed. Oh. Okay. Um, right now, it's uh, we strongly encourage mask. Uh, if you're unvaccinated, please wear a mask. But no one's checking you. Oh, okay. You know, um, because it was flat out all mask, and then it was. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, but you have to show us proof of vaccination. Mm. And then stores put up, uh, we don't feel comfortable asking people if they're vaccinated or not, so everyone please just wear a mask anyways. 
and it just became a whole thing. So me, I'm like, all right, I'm vaccinated. Um, I know uh, my my comic shop guy had a medical issue, so he was like one of the first ones to get vaccinated too. Um, I know who goes in there. I'm like, all right, I'm fine. Uh, I work close with my boss during the day at work. I know she's fully vaccinated. I know she goes to like all you know three places as well during the week. So if neither of us have a mask on, I'm not worried about it. But as soon as I get to a higher crowd or people that I don't know where they've been, where they've been around, where they come from, anything, then I'll put it on. Um, I'm going to see uh, I'm going to a wrestling thing on Saturday this week. I'm bringing my mask. Like, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be 100 people there or a thousand people there or maybe more. I don't care. I'm bringing it. Yeah. And it's I normally bigger... have mine like hanging on my wrist just in case if I'm not sure. Just be yeah. yeah, mine just stays in my car. Well, we have we have them all over. Like we have car, purse, lost. Yeah, I I have like yeah. Yeah. each vehicle has a bunch. I have some in my lunch kit. Um, and the thing with the masks, one thing I I really like is that you can you know now you can get anything geek on your masks. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Like I got Superman yeah. masks, so I got Batman, I got Star Trek. Um, actually, I find the ones that I like the best are the ones that have the um, vent on them. Um, and there was a, a couple of gas stations that were selling them, so I got like some Michael Jordan masks. Even though like I like Michael Jordan, but I'm not a big basketball guy. But they have those vents on them, so it, like they breathe. Um, and, and I find my face isn't all sweaty when I wear them, so. But, anyway, yeah, like. What a lovely squirrel to the beginning of this. <laughs> <laughs> we don't just talk nerd things. We got smart brains in here, people. Absolutely. Um, all right, well, before we get to our main topic, let's go to our number three of TV series finales. Best and worst. Now, so, are we on three or yeah, no, no, we're on three. That's right. Yep. Never mind. Ignore me. The last podcast <laughs> was the wrong podcast. Yep. Um, so this is number three. Um, so I'll go first. Um, for the best list on number three, I have MASH. Um, nice. Goodbye, farewell, and amen, I believe. Goodbye. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, some people criticized it because... Um, you know, Hawkeye has a, a nervous breakdown um, pr just pr prior to the to this finale. But I, I, I honestly thought it was amazing acting by Alan Alda. You know, like it was so sad what happened. Um, and I mean, it was war. Like that's the thing. Like as much as I love Mash for the for the comedy aspect, it's also a drama at the same time. Like they call it, you know, a dramedy. Um, and man, you know, did that pack a punch, you know, even Winchester, like, you know, when he had that band, um, and, and seeing what he goes through and then everyone saying goodbye, like, yeah, it was just amazing and, and made, made me cry and, and was fantastic. Uh, so, uh, number three on the worst list is Star Trek Enterprise. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Oh, you know, so and, bad. Yeah, like, and I and I've I've read interviews uh, with uh, Rick Berman and Brian Braga, 
And I understand, in theory, what they were trying to do. Like, they were trying to... You know, because the, the, you know, for those who don't know, the series finale of Enterprise, it was a cancellation. Like, after four seasons, they were canceled by UPN. And this marked the first time in 18 years that there wouldn't be a Star Trek series in the fall. Um, so they wanted to basically, you know, tie... Star Trek Next Generation, which began the first, you know, the 18-year mark, to Enterprise, which ended the 18-year mark. So in those 18 years, we had, you know, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and then Enterprise. Um, and it just didn't work. It, it, to me, it felt like a disservice to uh, the actors on on Enterprise. Like, I know they all hated it. They didn't like the fact that the next these Next Generation actors were coming in and basically taking their finale. Um, like, this would have been a great standalone episode if it wasn't the final episode. Like, I, I know, uh, I think we've mentioned this on Trek 1701. I, like, the second last episode should have been the series finale. Uh, this should have been just an episode during the season. Um, yeah, and, and if that was just an episode during the season, it would have been an awesome episode. Yep. Right? It yep. would have been like, Dude, did you see the one with Riker? Wow! But instead, you're like, "This is it." Well, uh, and, oh, and they and they tried tying it into the Next Generation episode, the Pegasus, and mm -hmm. like, I mean, no offense to Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis, but I mean, the Pegasus was uh, filmed in 1994. This episode was filmed in 2005. Those 11 years, they aged, you know, and you could tell they aged. You know they what? weren't. Never. They, no. Yeah, they were. They were not. They didn't have that youthful, you know, sprightness to them that they had back in '94. What they should have done, and I, I've, I, I think I've mentioned this, and I know we're going to be talking about it on Trek One Seven One when we get to the final season of Enterprise. Um, they should have had this be a crossover. Like, if you're going to bring Riker and Troy into it, why not have them, you know, do a timey wimey crossover episode with the USS Titan? You know, and you could have had Tuvok on there. You could have had Wesley on there. You could have had the crews working together, you know, trying to save the universe. You know, like, it, it should have been an event. It should have been amazing. And it would have wor uh, worked as a backdoor pilot to a Titan series. Um, but they didn't. Interesting idea. Yeah, but, they, you know, they didn't go there. And it just, it just made ma fans mad. And I know I was mad. I'm like, really? This is how you're ending the series, you know? And and the chef that they referred to, um, yeah, we never actually got to see. Yeah, we never got to see. Someone's ringing. <laughs> no, I was sorry. I was, I was making sure of a detail for my pick, and all of a sudden, a video started playing. Oh. <laughs> No worries. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's number three on my list. Um, well, Kevin, uh, let's hear your number <laughs> number three on your list. Lists. All right. Okay, so for best, because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that's going to pick it, I, am going, I was holding it back on it, and I decided to just go ahead. But I'm going to choose the finale, the last episode, of WCW Monday Nitro. 
So for those of you on the show or listeners that didn't watch Nitro, we had the height of the Monday Night Wars, Raw and Nitro, WWF, WCW, live against each other, Mm -hmm. Um, talent jumping ship, who could push the envelope further, who was winning, and it got to the point where AOL bought out Time Warner and Turner and said, we don't want wrestling on our channels anymore, which was TNT and TBS. Yep. Um, Eric Bischoff, who was uh, in charge of WCW at time, put together some investors, and he was going to just buy the company for, I think, $20 million. And that was going to be everything, all the contracts, all the sets, all the rings, the crew, the videotape library, which that's the most expensive you know, valuable part. Mm-hmm. And then they said, you don't have TV anymore. And all of his investors walked away. Oof. And Vince McMahon and WWE scooped up all of the archives, which was, you know, the, the actual valuable part and about 16 contracts for $2 million. <laughs> so a 10th of what it was originally valued. Yeah. Great. And, they said, all right, we're going to go ahead and cancel Nitro, and that's going to be it. So Nitro was 8 to 10 at the time. Raw was 9 to 11, uh, East Coast times. So WCW Monday Nitro starts off with Vince McMahon at Raw saying, I bought the competition just to kill it. And what they ended up doing is they sent some WWF writers down to where Nitro was with the WCW writers, and they said, let's, who's here? This is the last episode. What are we going to do? Okay. So they put on some of the best wrestlers that they had. They had a world title change, coincidentally, to one of the 16 contracts that they were going to have later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had what we thought at the time was going to be the very last match of Sting versus Ric Flair, just one more time before we close the doors. And at the end of the episode, Vince McMahon is live from Raw, simulcast down to Nitro. They're in two different cities. Just, you know, I bought this, and I'm going to bury it, and I finally won this war and everything. And his real-life son, Shane McMahon, comes out on Nitro. And everyone's like, well, what's what's he doing? What's our WWF guy doing here on Nitro? Even though it's the last one. And he said, Dad, I'm here. He's like, oh, you know, I'm so proud and everything. Yeah, we owned it. We, you know, we crushed competition. He said, yeah, Dad, I'm here because uh, you noticed that the sign said McMahon, but you didn't notice the first name. I bought out the company from underneath you. Yeah. And they did that as their story for the next, like, year and a half. Yep. Of Vince's kids, uh, you know, storyline have bought out the competition invasion of extra talent of other wrestlers there we're going to put our old man out of business but for a last episode we're putting the world title on someone new uh they put it on booker t for the last show which made him five time champion five time five time five time five time he does that yep two (laughs) sting and rick flair one more time some of the cruiserweights like a lot of stuff that made it what it was as a fond farewell Mm mm-hmm so very nice thing looking back and wrestling behind the scenes stuff is crazy, but that seems like a very, one of the times they're like, let's try to do the right thing here. Yep. We're closing the door. Let's make it nice for everyone. Um, I mentioned one beforehand 
and I have one. I already have my number one pick, and that's coming. But for least favorite, I was thinking of shows that I enjoyed, and then the finale happened, and that's the last I saw or cared of the show. And I'd forgotten this one, actually, because I was so upset by the finale, it kind of blurted out. But, man, for about a good three seasons, I loved Chuck. Ah, yes! And four wasn't bad, but you're like, uh, you know, it's a different showrunner, it's a different, you know, different people in the writing. We're like, it's still good, but it's not what it was. And then season five comes along, and it's a lot shorter, and you're like, what in the hell? And the ending happens, and there's a glimmer of hope, a very tiny one, but you're like, so you just told me that the last five years of my life watching this show didn't matter. And it didn't matter for the characters either. And now we're back. Like, why did I invest all this time in a show when you're just back at the start pretty much here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, so good. Why? It was good. It was so good. First three seasons, fantastic oh. show. Chemistry was great. Writing was crisp. A girl is beautiful. Like, just what a perfect, fun show. Oh, here, here's a dramatic spy show with a ton of humor, too. It was amazing. Season four, you start going, ah, eh, well, you know, it's it's been four seasons. Of course, stuff's going to happen. Then season five just completely shits the bed. And that was the last I watched that show. I was so upset about it. Yeah, that yep. was, um, <clears throat> I never got into that series, but I was warned that it ended badly, so it was one of those. I so never... I, it... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so if a person decides to start watching the show, where should they stop? Season three. Yep. Three? Okay. Yeah, watch first three seasons, you'll be happy. You'll go, oh my gosh, that's a lot of fun. And there'll be stuff you're like, I wonder if this happens. Yeah, some some stuff you're wondering or want to happen happens but doesn't happen the way you want it to happen okay skip four and five i mean you can easily just go to youtube and and fill in the blanks after that and it'll be less traumatizing and annoying yeah 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 but one two and three are loads of fun like could have been an iconic show could have been so much it, it could be a thing we're still talking about the people are still discovering and watching and enjoying if it's just those first three Almost like a Firefly thing. If Firefly went five seasons, it wouldn't be Firefly. It's Firefly because it went one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we could literally do an entire was, episode of shows that could have been amazing if given a chance. Yeah. And it wasn't even a long season. Season one of Firefly is still a darn short season. The 12 episodes, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, something like 12 or 13, something like that. Yeah, if, if Chuck was just the three and then it was abruptly canceled, we oh my god I can't believe and it was always on the bubble for being cancelled too but people say oh I can't believe it was cancelled these three seasons are perfect they're amazing they, they would be replayed like for no good reason Adult Swim would have it just because you know but then they get two more one that lessens it a little bit and one that just takes everything away have I done the have I done the chocolate award thing for you guys yet no Okay. Okay. So my friend Joe told me this one, and I'm stealing it too because I like it. Uh, His example is for Academy Award Oscar winners. You shouldn't get a medal, gold, whatever statue when you win an award. What you should get is like 
a chocolate Easter bunny kind of award. And after winning an award for being the best in the world in your craft, movies, music, you know, whatever, for every terrible project you do after, you have to take a bite out of your award. (laughs) And when you get to the point where you've done so many terrible projects that you no longer have, you've eaten the award, you can no longer consider yourself or count yourself or bill yourself as an award winner. You have lost it. Nice. So season four and five of Chuck eats the entire bunny. It's gone. <laughs> that's, that's a good. Genius. That's a good system. That is genius. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, I think they came up with it for Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Winning best supporting actor for Jerry Maguire, which still I don't understand. And then what did he do after like boat trip or something stupid like that? <laughs> well, he did. Yeah. And he did. Uh, <laughs> Snow dogs uh, or sled dogs or something like that. So, so it was just yeah. terrible movie after terrible movie right after. I'm like, this isn't. These aren't like, oh hey, I read the script and I thought it was going to be a good movie, and in editing, the movie kind of fell apart. This was bad from the start, and you still did it. <laughs> yep. I actually forgot he existed. Right. Which I think sad. Hollywood did I mean, you too. You think about it as an actor, you become so irrelevant to. People. I mean, we're just, essentially we're all strangers in life, and these are people who are on our screens to be relevant. But I, yeah. Well, he should have won an award for Boys in the Hood. Like that's not Jerry Maguire. I've yeah. never seen that. You never seen oh, Boys geez. in the Hood? Well, oh, that's, no, that's a great movie. I think I seen it. Seeing it now, I don't know if it would hit the same though. No, but back in the day, it, yeah. Like, Seen it in your twenties? Oh man! Yeah, because it, 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 it. Oh yeah, it came out right after the L.A. riots and all that, right? So, yeah, or around the same time. So yeah, around the same time. Yeah, so it really, really hit home, and you know, Lawrence Fishburne yeah. was amazing, and Ice Cube was amazing, and you, you, no, you just you didn't did see that. stuff like that back then. Like now, now you do. Like you see that on HBO. <laughs> But back then, you didn't really see that kind of, you know, real-life violence. Well, I mean, me growing up small-town, white, middle-class, if that, mm-hmm. and seeing Boys in the Hood and Do the Right Thing, eye-opening to yep. life. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, but Boys in the Hood came out when I was seven. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember so. how old I was, like... 12, 13? It was 91. Oh, it was was 91. Wow, it's even older than I thought it was. So I was 11. Yeah, no, so I mean, it must have been like, if it was in your wheelhouse of friends and it was a movie, but my mom was very strict on things that we could watch, and I definitely don't think that would have been on the list of approved things. Which is funny, because looking back, my mom's like, I can't believe I let you guys watch, like, every James Bond. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely my cousin that got me into that because he was very, uh, hooked into, you know, rap and all that kind of stuff. Right. So that, that was definitely in his wheelhouse. But anyway, uh, Lillian, uh, there's a lot you discover during free HBO weekend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Lillian, uh, number three on your list of best and worst TV series finales. Oh, 
All right. So number <laughs> three um, is worst uh, season finale. Number three for me is Seventh Heaven. Um, hmm. I was horribly obsessed with this show as a child. Um, and I know that growing up, like it was, especially if you grew up in a religious household, it was one that was allowed and the boys were so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually was at one of my first ever full cons. I got to meet, uh, the actress who was the mom on that show, who was of course yep. in Star Trek. Four? Yeah. Was yep. the way it was Trek before. 4. Yeah. Yeah. She was at Vulcan. Um, and she was just, yeah, she was amazing. She was so yep. lovely. I admit I had a mild panic attack the first time she spoke to me. Um, yeah. like it was just, it was wonderful. And so Seventh Heaven was something I loved. You know, sure, sometimes it could be like overtly propaganda American, overtly religious in places, but I loved how they dealt with certain things because they were also, it seemed like they were functional. And not growing up with a functional household, I was like, man, I wish I could have a dad that could talk to me like that. Um, but at the same time, so the season finale of Seventh Heaven was literally, um, they the show they they drive off in a motorhome. The entire family uh, essentially uh, is you know the the way they they drive off in a motorhome. I just that's all I remember thinking. Hmm. Uh, how is this? It's like they got bored in my brain. Like you had so many different ways you could do a season finale. They had a wedding, a reunion of the family. It was great, and then all of a sudden they were going off, and I'm like. This doesn't work. And this is how I didn't understand as a, as a young person ratings. I didn't understand um, the times changing and that religious be like this was also like touched by an angel was a thing and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I just it just didn't make sense. Hmm. It was a WB show, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I mean, it was still it was just weird. They well, were going to go see America kind of thing uh it was like a it was just it was just it was i don't know it was like are they trying to lead into another series um i don't know and and it's like both parents were in star trek movies like stephen collins was commander or captain decker in the motion picture and then um i always forget her name um the mom was uh in star trek 4 yes she was she was amazing yeah and yeah, I, I do remember that. I remember, yeah, that was very, very disappointing. I used to watch Catherine it, too. Hicks, that was her. Yes, yeah. yes. Very, lo- yeah, like it you said, very like lovely. It was a strange way to wrap it up. Like, I get yeah. that they're happy, like, yay, we're going to go see the world and make the most of the time that we have and everything. It just, I don't know, it was strange. It was just, but then again, I always thought, it, I don't know, I, I thought a lot of things on the show were strange, but that was probably one of the ones for me that just felt the least satisfying. So when I was thinking of, bad season finales i'm like that one's still not happy yep um and then for me um when it came to now this one sort of isn't really a season finale um it was more like okay there's a portion of it so um there's an anime called sword art online and i love it um and there if i could Call it my like a season finale. It would be the part before because the, they keep adding on different parts to it. Oh, okay. Uh, um, but it's basically these kids are trapped in a video game. If you die in the game, you die in real life. Um, and it's, and then of course this one character, of course, is he's our lovely little underdog, and he makes his way through. He ends up getting out, finds out that the girl he likes is still trapped in the game. He goes back in to get her. 
Um, and it's just beautifully done. It's amazing. Um, I could watch it. My husband has watched it over and over again. And every time he watches it, I just kind of sit down and just, I love this so much. It's just such a beautiful anime, and it, there there are expansions of it. There's other you know parts, but when I think of like a really one of my favorite finales to watch that makes me cry every single time, it's that one from Sword Art Online. Just that final season there before it goes off on a tangent, but it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Awesome. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Ra- Ragnar, uh, number three on your lists. Okay, so uh, in the time since we started this, I lost the list that I had written out. So I'm kind of just winging it a little bit here. Okay. Um, a show that I thought had a pretty decent ending was Frasier, mm-hmm. the, the okay. sitcom about the psychiatrist. Yep. Uh, it was a show that I watched when I was in junior high and then into high school. And I used to love that show. Um, yep. I bought the entire series on DVD a couple years ago on Black Friday. I watched the first six seasons, and I still love the show, but I needed a break because it does have a few storylines that run throughout the whole series, but really every episode is Mm self-contained. And I found after six seasons, I was like, okay, I, I can predict all the jokes coming without even seeing them. Yeah. So... That's anyways, about, that's about sitcom, when I checked out. Yeah, as as far as the sitcom from whatever that is, the mid-90s goes, it was a pretty solid show, and it was a, a slightly more intelligent show. Yep. Um, and, I, and I always really liked it. And um, I recall when I watched the season, sorry, the series finale, thinking that it was a pretty good ending, um, it wrapped up a bunch of loose ends and then it still ended with like, but the story's not over because the characters are real people and they go on to do other things. Yep. And, and I like that. I like when a show can, can, can end in a way that I, you know, this is maybe the ending of the show, but you don't feel like the characters have ended. Um, so from what I recall, that was a pretty decent ending. And I just, I read the notes on, wikipedia a few minutes ago and yeah yeah it sounded like it was pretty good and it was pretty well received so um i don't think that was my original pick but i'm gonna go with that because uh that's what i got okay and for worst i don't actually think this was a terrible ending but because i lost my notes i'm gonna go with it i just finished watching the animated series Clone Wars on uh, I watched it on Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. Um I had never previously seen the whole series. I'd seen the movie and bits and pieces here and there. And I always hated it. I didn't when I saw the movie on its original theatrical run, I didn't like it. I hated the prequels. But by um my friend Renee who is my brand ambassador for my business on Instagram is a giant star Wars fanatic. And she told me like, you have to watch clone wars because so much of what happens in the Mandalorian is pulled from clone wars. Yep. So I finally did. And I got into it pretty fast and I got to say every season got better and better. 
like season one was okay, but season two was way better. And by season six, it was like, man, other than the really crappy animation, this show is really good. Mm-hmm. And it's making me not hate characters from the prequels. It's actually making me like Anakin and even Jar Jar. I didn't hate him in this show. But the ending wasn't great. It, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the worst ending I've seen. It wasn't like Game of Thrones where it made me want to, you know, destroy the, the physical copies or anything like that. It just... it. It was really rushed, and it was just kind of like, oh, and now this is the end. Um, there was a gap of about six years between season six and yep. season seven. Yeah. And when I watched season seven, it was like really good, really good, so I, really good. And then you get, so, and then you get to the last episode, and it was just kind of like, uh, oh, I guess we have to end it now. So uh, it's over. Okay, bye. It, okay, it was a very poor end. I was going to ask you, like, when you said the ending, are you referring to season seven or season six? Like the original, when they thought it was over, no, no, or season seven? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, uh, the, man, they almost the season six finale was certainly a better finale than the season seven one, yeah. but it you know would have left a few things lacking. Well, um, so yeah, have you watched the Bad Batch at all? Not yet. That's next. That's uh, next on my list. I'm just wondering if that, because it kind like the Bad Batch kind of begins, I think, where the Clone Wars would end, like with Order sixty six. Yep. So yeah, I'm assuming the Bad Batch don't have those chips in their brains, and, and Order sixty six doesn't affect them, or they get theirs removed. I'm assuming it's one of those two. Things. Um, I, 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 I won't spoil. I won't spoil so. spoil it for you, but that it does play a part in the show. For, for the main character, because at the very the very end of season seven of Clone Wars, Rex, who is who is one of the the uh, clone commanders, he's yep. in all of the seasons. He's a not a major character, but he's an important character. He had his chip removed, yep. and he was the only clone, at least that we saw in the show, who wasn't you know once the chip was removed wasn't trying to kill the jedi and i thought that was going to lead to a bigger storyline but it didn't it just oh it ended and they never resolved what happened to rex with his chip removed and we never see him again i mean i haven't watched the bad batch so you know i can only speak to what i've seen in clone wars well i, I don't want so to ruin i, it, I won't ruin it for you storyline. but you do see okay. him again okay. you, you do see him again okay. and and he's actually so, and he's actually in return of the jedi um, he's one of, one of the people that's on the mission at Endor. Like they actually based the look of his character, like the older version of oh, him really? that you see in Rebels, hmm. on the this act, this background actor on Return of the Jedi. So he's actually there. Oh, which is really cool. Right. It, which is really cool. Well, that's a, when you re- that's a sweet wreck on then. Yeah, like I mean, he doesn't. I mean, you just see him in the background, but as soon as you yeah, like yeah. now, when you watch, like if you watch uh, Star Wars Rebels, because he's also in that series. Yeah. Um, when you see Star Wars Rebels and then you watch Return of the Jedi, you're like, "Holy crap, that's totally Rex!" And of you know, if it's just them basing the character design on that act, that random actor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Who happens to look like an older version of? Um, the you know the Jango yeah. Fett or or Boba Fett you know that yeah. actor 
but yeah, no, it, it, yeah, I, I haven't got, I haven't actually got to the end of Clone Wars. I, I, it's one of the, on my to-do list, but yeah. Well, it, I, it, I, man, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, watching that show, you realize that, man, those prequels could have been so good mm-hmm. because there was a hell of a story in there. Yep. And there were some great characters. It just was not told well. Yeah. And George works so well when it's his idea, but told by somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. So like Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back are amazing films because it was his story, but he wasn't the one telling it. Yeah. And... Dave Filoni, who who co-created The Mandalorian with John Favreau, yep. Yep. you know, is the guy that has spent the most time with George Lucas. And George Lucas has told him all of his ideas and, and his thoughts and his reasoning. And then Filoni interprets it in a way that is accessible when you watch it. Yes. Yep. And I wish that they like those two guys didn't meet until after the prequels. Yep. Or at least act, until after the prequels had started. But I think it wasn't until the prequels were over. Yep. And it's such a shame because if they had the relationship that they did during Clone Wars and that they still have now that the Mandalorian is going on, if they had made those prequels with that relationship and with Dave Filoni involved, they might have been worth watching. They oh, yeah. probably would have been amazing. They might have even been almost as good as the originals yep. instead of being these awkward not very good things where all the good characters die in the first film. Yeah. Um, the, the thing with, although of course they don't necessarily die. They just die in the films. They do come back into the show. But yeah. 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 The thing with George Lucas and, and not just George Lucas, but uh, Gene Roddenberry and I would say Jack Kirby, they're great idea people. Like they have awesome concepts and they can visualize things, but executing them they just can't pull it off without help you know like mm-hmm. gene, like star trek mm-hmm. wouldn't have been star trek without gene coon dc fontana uh you know people like that um jack kirby his creations wouldn't have been as monumental without stan lee um which honestly i i think it's kind of evident in like the new gods like them getting canceled in the 70s and then the eternals same thing and um and george lucas like i mean uh, in my opinion the best star wars movie is empire strikes back and you had i uh, completely agree yeah you had lawrence kasdan helping to write you had irvin kirshner as the director you know like a great vision but you needed he needs the right people to help execute it you know yeah um and that's and that's one of the reasons. And he sort of he sort of knows this mm-hmm. because he. I read an interview where he said one of the reasons I would never let Steven Spielberg direct a Star Wars movie is that he wouldn't allow me, George Lucas, to have as much control as I do when I did Empire and Jedi. Yeah, because even though it was other people directing it, George was still there. He was still on the sets. He was still involved. And it was almost like, you know, he, he's the backseat driver. And I'm sure mm-hmm. it was very frustrating, the, the directors. 
And if you brought in a bigger personality with an established track record like Steven Spielberg, you couldn't do that. Yeah. And they were able to collaborate on Indiana Jones because it was a neutral thing. They both created it together, whereas Star Wars was already George's baby. And, yeah, like Raiders of the Lost Ark is a perfect example of uh, George Lucas having this awesome idea and telling his friend yep. about because, uh, you know, the story is that Spielberg wanted to direct a Bond movie. And he's like, no, 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 don't do yeah. that. I got this thing. It's called Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, and, and they made magic together. Oh, yeah. You know? Had it been Lucas yeah. doing it himself, I don't think it, it, it I think it no, would have ended been... badly. It would have been like um, Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold. Yes. Almost nobody would have ever heard yep. of or seen it. Yep, exactly. Um, yep. All right. Well, that, that's some excellent uh, choices, everybody. Um, so let's move on to our main topic. And for this main topic, uh, Disney Plus recently did a series called What If, based on the comic book series What If from Marvel Comics. Where they take like a con, like an idea, and you know, kind of flip it around. Like, you know, um, what if uh, you know Agent Carter had had gotten the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers? Um, so my my question to everybody is, like the comic book and Marvel series, we ask, what if to any pop culture property we want? Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, so one of my what ifs was what if Patrick Stewart had wanted to be killed off following best of both worlds? Um, cause I remember back in the day, like this is pre-internet, of course, uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation that Patrick Stewart was not happy, uh, as a Hollywood actor. Like he wanted to go back to the UK. He wanted to go back to, you know, um, you know, the Royal Shakespeare company. He went, you know, he was, he was a stage guy and he liked doing British stuff. There was a rumor floating around. Like he wasn't happy with Star Trek. He didn't like the techno babble. He didn't like that kind of stuff. So when best of both worlds came around and he got assimilated and then we had the, you know, the, you know, the one, the greatest cliffhanger in my opinion ever, you know, when, when he gets turned into locutus and Riker's going to destroy him, and then, it, you know, to be continued, then we had to wait three months to find out what happened. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of rumors floating around that uh, they might actually kill Patrick Stewart off, because the rumor at the time was that he wasn't contracted for a season four, even though now, in hindsight, we know he was contracted for seven seasons. Um, but there was a rumor at the time that he was renegotiating a con his contract, and he actually wanted to be killed off. Um, so my question is, what would have happened if they had done that? If we come back season four and instead of Picard being rescued or, uh, saved, I guess, um, his character dies. Like say, you know, when the board ship blows up, uh, Picard all, you know, suffers an aneurysm and dies. Um, now Riker, he was made captain. Uh, what happens going forward? Would would Star Trek: The Next Generation still be as remembered had you know Riker been you know captain? Um, and, and I gotta say, I don't think so. You know, like I no, I, th I, I, so. 
I, I think they would have went the seven seasons. Like I think, like Jonathan, like no, no offense to Jonathan Frakes. I love, I love Jonathan Frakes. I know a lot of, you know, he's kind of polarizing. Some people like him, some people don't like him. I like him. I think he's great. I would have kept watching Next Generation. I would have loved it. Um, but I think Patrick Stewart is a way better actor. No offense to Jonathan Frakes. Uh, but he's just, you know, he just has that screen presence, right? And um, I just don't think the next... Because, I mean, really, after Best of Both Worlds, that's when Star Trek The Next Generation surpassed the original series, became its own thing, and Patrick Stewart was the captain, you know, like, at that time. And, you know, really, it, it, it became... Probably the best Star Trek series, the most well-known Star Trek series. Um, but I don't think Jonathan Frakes could have carried it in the same way that Patrick Stewart did. Um, and also, I think the the thing with uh, Riker is he was kind of written as like a, as a Captain Kirk. He he was the Captain Kirk of TNG. Like he was the womanizer. He was the handsome guy. You know, the good-looking, you know, you know, you know, he can wink at the camera type of guy like like that Shatner was. Um, so I really think that would have turned people off because one of the things about Picard is he was not Kirk. You know, this, mm-hmm. was, this was a different captain. You know, he was not, you know, sleeping with every green girl that crossed his path. Like, you know, like he was just, you know, he was a way different character. Whereas Riker was more like Kirk, like he, you know, he was a sleazy, you know, like he liked women and he didn't hide it and, um, which was fine. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but I just think if you're trying to differentiate your series from your, your predecessor, you know, having, you know, the same type of character helming it doesn't really work. Um, so... I, I don't think Next Generation would have been as remembered had Patrick Stewart. Because, I mean, you know, he did some pretty good good Picard episodes. I mean, Riker did some good, you know, uh, Patrick or, uh, Jonathan Frakes did some good Riker episodes, but um, I would say any Picard episode far outweighs any Riker episode as far as, you know, d- you know drama and, and, and kind of gravitas. Um, all right, so Ragnar, what are your thoughts? What if Patrick Stewart had died, you know, after best. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, it would have been neat at the time, especially it would have been like, wow, they just killed off the mm-hmm. main character essentially, yep. which in television at that time, that would have been a big deal. I mean, even much later when game of Thrones did it, it was still like, Whoa, they just killed the main character. Holy. Yep. So it would have had a huge impact like that. But I think you're right. As a whole, very quickly people would have lost interest with the series. The ratings probably would have dwindled, and it might not have even made it to seven seasons. Now, me personally as a fan, especially, you know, with 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 a theoretical project, it would have been awesome to go back and just see what choices that could have created, what, you know, mm-hmm. what opportunities that could have afforded. It would, would have been very interesting. Um, but I think you're probably right, Chris. It probably wouldn't have really 
worked. I think a huge part of next gen success is Picard. Um, he's certainly the face of the show. You know, whenever you mention Star Trek next gen, you hear in your, you know, in your inner monologue, you hear his voice doing the narration at the beginning of the intro. Right. Yes. So it would have been so hard to, to do it without him. Yep. Uh, the only thing I kind of wish they would have done um, is on the the part two of Best of Both Worlds, if they would have actually had Jonathan Frakes do the opening. Then people would have thought, oh, oh my... Awesome. Yeah, people would have thought, oh my god, they're killing off Picard. Like, it would have been an that awesome been red hair. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you, you know what the only thing I wish they would have done is? Not make Old Man Picard series. Yeah. <laughs> well, or at least not make it bad. suck so bad. Yeah, don't don't make him be you know pitiful Picard. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Anyway, there's so there's so much they could have done with that yep. series, and it is such a good idea. But man, did they ever shit the bed on it? I kind of wonder how much of that though was input from Patrick Stewart. Like, I'm really I don't know the he balance was, on this show. He, he was and still is super gung ho about it. Yep. So I, don't I know. stopped watching because I was like, I'm bored. Oh, it was well, terrible. Man. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you know, Patrick Stewart. Like, God bless him. But. You know, sometimes actors don't make the best producers or writers. You know, like sometimes their their vision doesn't really fit with the character. Because it, it, it's funny, because like a lot of actors, even though they play the character, they don't actually know as much about the characters as you would think they do. You know, because they, you know, a lot of a lot of actors don't watch their own stuff, right? So just like any other job. You know, if you had asked me, hey, Chris, you know, remember that report you wrote 10 years ago? You know, do you really think, you know, really th- you really think that? I'd be like, what? You know, like, what are you talking about? And that's kind of like with actors, you know, not all actors, but I think a lot of them, like, they just don't watch their stuff. So they forget. Um, And I know, and I know there was an interview with Patrick Stewart where he says, like, some, like, when he goes to conventions and stuff, like, he'll be in his hotel room. And because he never watched the original, you know, when Star Trek The Next Generation originally aired, he never watched it. Uh, when he sees it, you know, in his hotel room, it's like, he, you know, sometimes it's an episode he's never watched before. So he's, you know, amazed at, you know, what they did. So at the same time, it's like, oh, do I really want this guy, you know, working on a show about his character when he doesn't actually probably remember all the little nuances and all the little details? Um, but anyway, um, Lillian, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what, what, what do you think of TNG without Picard? Um, I don't know. See, like when you have a show and you get attached to the characters, it is like a 50, 50, uh, when you remove a character, if you're going to continue watching it, or if the chemistry of the show is able to hold when you take a, it's like playing Jenga. Mm-hmm. You take out the wrong piece and the entire thing crumbles. So yeah, it depends on when in the series uh, they would have removed Picard. If they had done that at that point and they kept going, it is entirely dependent on the writers. Like, they could do some epic things, but at the same time, all I see is it becoming, 
I, I don't know, because when you think of TNG, you think the fact that the show was, yes, they had main characters, but there were so many episodes where the, the plot was heavily centered on this side thing or that side thing. So you got a lot. In, and of course, if we think about the fact that TNG was each episode was, you know, in its own thing. And once in a while, you'd have an overarching storyline, but you could finish an episode and it was done, you know. And so if they continued on with that, you'd be like, this could be fun little stories, like what's going on with the rest of the ship or, you know, what kind of happens. Or it could have gone on forever and never ended mm-hmm. and been awful like CSI. Oh, dear God. That would have been terrible. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's, it's back, such though. A big what if. Yeah, CSI Las Vegas, back. Oh. And oh. I don't care. I, I, actually, that's, all, that's, that's one of my what ifs, like, essentially, but... I, that show just came back. They just renewed it. It just hit my mic, and I'm like, CSI is back. Is this still a thing? Yeah. Hey, what Dexter's back too. Yeah. Oh dear lord. Ugh. See, and it's like I don't know if they had killed off if if Picard had died, if they had dealt with it. I don't know. Oh, I just genuinely, my brain can't. I've lost so much faith in so many Star Trek things. Well, um, one one thing that I was thinking about, like. In Best of Both Worlds Part 2, like, they have, you know, where Riker makes Shelby his first officer, right? I didn't like her. You know, like, she was really, you know, she played a good antagonist in Part 1, right, to Riker. She wanted his job, she wanted him to leave, and she didn't try and hide that. So rewarding her for, you know, being a hosebag, like, I, 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 I didn't like that. And, 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 you know, he walks up to Worf and he's like, you know, um, you know, I need you at tactical. And he's, you know, Data, I seriously considered you for first officer, blah, blah, blah. What about, like, I was saying, what about Jordy? Like, Jordy, like. I know. Jordy, Jordy always got the short end of the stick, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it, like, honestly, I think if Patrick Stewart had left, the only way I, no, no offense to Jonathan Frakes. I think Jonathan Frakes, like, he would have grown as an actor, I think, if he had been a lead. So he he might have been amazing. Um, but you you need a, a strong uh, second-in-command, and I really think LeVar Burton as Geordi, like, he should have been considered for first officer. I think he would have been amazing as Riker's first officer. Like, no offense to Brent Spiner, like, I love Data, but I just, you know, like, Jordy and, and Riker, like, one thing that was never really, I don't know, they didn't really, you know, they hinted at it in the in the pilot episode, was that Riker and Jordy had served together previously somewhere, and they they were friends, you know, like, they, you know, they were buddies, and they never, they kind of dropped that, you know, like, Jordy and Data. Yeah, they dropped that real fast. Yeah, Jordy and Data. Those two barely, those two barely even had scenes together. Yeah, like, I mean, there was the, the, there was the, you know, the way they would talk to each other, like, in, in Best of Both Worlds Part 1, like, when they're talking about Shelby, you know, like, that's, like, two friends, you know, you know, like, you know, like, talking about somebody behind their back, you know, like, I mean, they, they like, they, you know, you could tell they had a friendship. I think LeVar Burton and Jonathan Frakes, if they were together as a team, it would have worked. I don't think it would have worked with Brent Spiner. As and Riker, I'm like no offense to Brent Spiner, but you know I just oh, yeah. Levar Burton's just he again I think he was a wasted talent on on TNG like he, oh, like he could have done so much so more. Waste. 
But yeah, anyway, Ke- Kev- barely, Kev- barely in it. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, Kev- Kevin, y- your thoughts? Well, it seems like most of us will say, okay, if if Picard died, left, whatever, no longer on the show, mm-hmm. we're all immediately going to Riker here as number one. He'd take over the ship and all. But what if you did not even necessarily a whole season, but a, a B plot that goes through the episodes until it's the A plot? Why not do a power vacuum? And like each each main cast member there has their own legitimate reasons why they should be the new captain. And maybe they even contact Starfleet. Maybe they do it behind each other's backs. And I don't know who, I I haven't thought that far yet, but you would have a peak of them just fighting. No one trusts each other. Uh, It's affecting their mission. It's affecting the the rest of the crew and, and everyone on board that, you know, your bridge can't get along anymore. And one of them suddenly has a, a realization of like Picard wouldn't have wanted this. Mm-hmm. We're falling apart without his leadership. He's the one that kept us together despite the, there's no good reason we should be. And now that he's not here, this is all falling apart. Our whole mission's falling apart. Our ship's falling apart. Like, we need to be more like him and whoever makes that jump, everyone else is like, okay, you're right. And you sound like him. So maybe that means you should be our new captain here. And so from there on, it becomes whoever steps up of my crew. Trusts me. I'm in charge here. Everyone has faith in me, but I don't know if I can do it. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could have a lot of doubt seep into things. You could have a learning curve. You could have, listen, we made a mistake here a half hour into the episode. And we're going to have to spend the next half hour trying to fix our mistake to make this better. Because we don't leave, you know, we don't make things worse. We try to make it better. We don't leave stuff unfinished there. Yep. And have it just be a... um Oh, God, I can't even think of the right word right now. Um, just and and I, I don't want to see like becoming adult because they are all adults, but mm-hmm. the, the story of, of growing, growing into your destiny there for it. Like Picard's already there when it starts. Yes, he has his greatest adventures once the show starts. Not everything in the movies, of course, but he's already there, too. Yeah. But to take someone younger, let's say, and put them in a situation they're not ready for and watch them grow could be an interesting way to keep going for. It. And you, you never have to, you know, have uh, more negotiations with Patrick Stewart or bring him back or anything like that. He is, he's still a presence on the show. You don't need him there though. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. Like I, you know, and yeah, like we're just kind of going on like Riker, you know, because in part two, like he gets promoted to captain uh, battlefield commission, but I mean, they could have brought somebody else in, you know, like, you know, like like the office. You know, like when when Michael left. You know, <laughs> you, you can bring now in. Look how well that worked. You can you can bring in James Spader. You know, <laughs> um, 
All right, uh, Ragnar. Uh, what is uh, a what if on your list? Okay. Um, before I get to that, I just wanted to say I have now watched the first season of What If all the way through twice. Noise. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it that much. It is so good. It is. Mm-hmm. Like now, it, people are slamming it, but I. It's like this is awesome. Oh, like I, I, you know, I thought man, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I I just loved it. It was it was a cool idea. Yep. They got to do some weird things that they could not have normally done, and especially once you get into multiverse stuff, there could even be things in this show that become canon. And mm-hmm. you know they've already announced another season. Plus, they're going to do a mutants show, which is first introduced on screen here. So I think it's going to actually have some ripple effects in the, in the movies and the bigger cinematic universe. Um, I will say I found it weird and it bothered me more on the second viewing than the first that they weren't able to always get the same actor to do the voices. And why it's weird is that they got most of them. Yeah, I'd say like what, like seventy percent of the characters who who we've seen in the shows, the other shows are the movies. They got the same voice actors, but not all of them. Yeah, and that really bothered me. Yeah, like I think they, they should have either gone, we got none of them, or we got all of them. Yeah, because they could, they didn't get Chris it, Evans, it, they didn't get Scarlett Johansson, they didn't get Chris Pratt, they didn't get, they didn't get Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, they didn't get him. Yeah. But then, but they did get, you know, Chris Hemsworth. They did get Mark Ruffalo. They did get, um, what's his nuts who plays Ant Man, Paul Rudd. They got Jeff Goldblum to come in and yep. do like two lines. They got Josh Kurt Brolin Russell to come in. Yeah. They got mm-hmm. Josh Brolin. Uh, obviously, they got um, Black Panther. Like they got so many of them. And, and, and some of the minor characters they got too, like like Kat Dennings, they got her. Yeah. Then I'm just like, why couldn't like you guys have no shortage of money? Why couldn't you get everybody? Like like Iron Man is in three episodes, and it was like the voice is close, but surely you could have got Robert Downey Jr. to sit down and record like. But how much money times. would that have cost? I'm just saying, they got the money. Yeah, that doesn't matter what it costs. You know, if you're going to get, if you can bring in Kurt Russell and Jeff Goldblum to do two lines, you can afford to bring in Robert Downey Jr. to do 25 lines. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, I don't know if it's the money as much as you're asking Robert Downey Jr., hey, come in and do a voice on a cartoon on Disney Plus. He's probably like, you're out of your mind. Well, what if being the success that it is, and now we know a season two is coming up, I could see some people that were holdouts for season one now knowing what it is and seeing the potential and saying, okay, I will do this. Yeah. I wasn't going to do like a Saturday morning cartoon. And that, that's what I thought you guys were going for. And, and I, I, I can sort of understand it if that is the case. But I also think you played this character for a number of years. Let's, let's use the example of Iron Man played by Robert Downey Jr. You were the first one in this this current universe. Your film, Iron Man, 
it is the one that kicked it all off. And, you know, your death in the second um, Infinities War movie, you know, it's, it's such a huge moment. Yeah, it is a cartoon. But why would you not want to see that continuity? You know? Like, it just seems weird to me that he would be like, meh, it's too much of a hassle or it's not enough money. Like, yeah, but it's not about that. It's about you created this character and here's a chance with minimal effort for you to, to keep that character alive for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I'm sure it's different for Robert Downey Jr. I'm sure when you're in his head, it makes more sense. Uh, and perhaps he had a terrible time with the studio. Perhaps they were rooted. Perhaps they treated him poorly. Who knows? It could be a minor reason like that, or it could be a financial reason, or it could be he's just, no, nope, I did it. I did Iron Man. I went out on a high note. I don't want to ever do it again. You know, I mean, Hugh Jackman with Wolverine is sort of like that. Um, so who knows? But but anyways, it, it irked me even more the second time through that they got so many of the voices, but not all of them. Yeah. Um, anyways, like really, if that's what I'm nitpicking, that's how good the show is because <laughs> yep. it's it's overall phenomenal. Yep. Um, okay, so <clears throat> uh, I just had to get that out of my system. Yep. No worries. I was I I had the, the exact ice? same thoughts. Oh, cool, cool. Um. The idea I had for a what if is from Battlestar Galactica, the newer series, you know, the one that stars Katie Sackhoff and yep. and uh, and all that. I've never watched the original series. I saw one of, I think there was two original films. Was there two? I know there was one. Yeah, sure. there was um, the, the original I think pilot. There was two, though. Yeah, there was the the original pilot was like a TV movie. Uh, that they did yeah. did release theatrically, and then the two parter with the Pegasus was also um you know air right. quotes okay. a movie. So I saw I saw that the first one then, um and anyways I I you know at the time I saw it I just thought it was too hokey mm-hmm. and I I could see what they were going for but I didn't think they pulled it off. Yeah. So I I, I will say I never really watched the original, but. And, and whenever I talk about Battlestar Galactica, I'm always referring to, you know, the the 2000s era yep. reboot, reimagining reboot, which, you know, they did throw some throwbacks to the old series in it. So mm-hmm. it's almost not even a reboot, almost more of a continuation, which I do like because I thought that was cool. Anyways, in that show, and I, and I, I love the show. I'm not totally sure I love the ending but that, that's a separate conversation. I did love the show. And there's a point in the show where they actually find Earth. And then when they show up, it's just a, a wasteland. It's already been nuked out. You know, someone's already been there, yada, yada, yada. And that it's sort of like it was a big buildup, and then it was kind of like a, eh. And so now we're moving on. Yep. But... The way I watched the show, I had a huge gap in between. So it was like a season ended or or a mid-season ended with they're going to find Earth. And then the next season starts with, well, actually, Earth is just a wasteland. We're moving on. So for me, I didn't there was a couple months in between for whatever reason where I didn't see that. 
And in those months, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to get to Earth and all of these things are going to happen. And and I thought it would be so cool if they got to Earth and then Earth was just our modern Earth. Mm-hmm. And it was and it was like, oh, now they're in our universe. And I thought the potential for that, the storylines they could pull out of that would be insane. Now, I figured most likely they would they would show up on Earth and it'd be like, you know, we're you're the missing colony. We're all the same species. We're just from a different part of the galaxy. Yeah. And then just as they were starting to make relations and you meet a bunch of new characters, then the Cylons show up and nuke the planet. And now you just have some new survivors. That's what I thought they were actually going to do. And we'd get like 10 or 20 new characters mixed into the show. Um, so that's my what if idea. What if when they actually arrived at Earth, it wasn't a, you know, a desolate wasteland? What if it was actually our planet? And I think that could have been so cool. Um, I, uh, my question to you is have, have you ever heard of a show called galactica 1980 no because <laughs> they, they they actually did this oh um, really yeah so, uh, so on the original Battlestar, like it got canceled right the original Battlestar galactica yeah then they did a spin-off series called galactica 1980 which oh. so basically it's it's not good it's not good it's not and and, it, and I mean, what what you're going for, like I think, would be would be really cool. But basically, what this premise is is basically they turn Battlestar Galactica into like a Saturday morning kid show. So so when so so the colonial fleet makes it to Earth, but it's 1980, and so they they want to uh, not. They basically what they they keep their fleet away from Earth to protect it from the Cylons, and you know they recast uh, Starbuck and Apollo with different characters, and Ad- Adama's in it, but he he has his bit, like big beard, and there's a a child character who's I forget what his name was Doctor something, um but he's like a child but he's like a genius. And yeah, it was it was not good, not good. Um, so I I just find it interesting that you, you know you have this idea, but they already kind of had you know they already did it. Oh, all right, well, yeah, I, I had no idea that was no, thing. no, and I, I mean there's uh, no there's no reason why you should know it because it was terrible, <laughs> like it was not good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm but, googling it right now, and it looks and sounds terrible. Doctor Z, uh, and so his name was Doctor Z. Didn't do my idea. Yeah, the the, yeah. the the kid the kid genius was Doctor Z, I, I think. Um, so so but, at the time that that Battlestar Galactica, the, the remake, you know, the new one, got to that point, diehard fans who knew about Galactic 1980 were probably wondering if that's what it was going to actually do. And they probably set it up on purpose, making you think they were going to do that. And then, of course, they didn't do that because somebody had already done it and hit it. It had been terrible. <laughs> yeah, like like Richard Hatch. Well, that is fun. Richard Hatch and Dirk Benedict wouldn't do it because it was bad. Except on the 
series finale of Galactica 1980, uh, Dirk Benedict does come back, and you do find out what happened to Starbuck. Um, but no, but 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 your, right, but well. your your idea though about them nuking you know our Earth, and then um, you know we us getting some survivors and and moving forward. That's actually I think that is interesting. Um, but Galactica 1980, like, I, I, like, I, I think they were mandated by, I think it was ABC, like, they had to make it into a kid's show. Like, you know, like, that was the audience they wanted to, um, appeal to. So, unfortunately, they, they dumbed it down and, and made it goofy, in my opinion. It, yeah, it looks and sounded from what a, a two-minute Google search suggests, it was pretty goofy. <laughs> but that, but you, you know, what's crazy though is the fact that you had this idea and you had no idea that this this thing even existed prior. Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny, like I, not only have I had this idea, I've had this idea for like more than a decade. And whenever I thought about Battlestar Galactica, I've nurtured this idea in my head. <laughs> And you know what's funny is I I had something similar happen like and I'm talking like per, like uh, how old am I now 41 so this is like 25 years ago I had this idea um for doing like back in junior high I, like I I wanted to do this story about this um where like it was aliens that came into Earth and basically invaded and there was like a, a fleet of like you know ships that basically managed to get away and then they then and there's like a giant ship um which i call the colony ship um that basically led this fleet away from earth and then they basically come back and retake the earth and th that was my concept and i remember telling this to my mom and she's like, "Isn't that Battlestar Galactica?" And I, I, I had never, I did not know about the original Battlestar Galactica. I'd never watched it. I wasn't alive when it aired. And I'm like, "What's Battlestar Galactica?" And then she tossed, told me about it. And I'm like, "Yeah, kind of. It's similar, yeah." And then it was like a year or two later that they were airing reruns on the Sci-Fi Channel of Battlestar Galactica, and I'm like. Jeez, like I mean, my idea wasn't um, sci like robots, but it was aliens. But in the original Battlestar Galactica, the Cylons were created by uh, aliens called Cylons. So basically, That's right. yeah. So basically, like they were like lizard people that created these robot servants, and then they revolted. It, what you know, whereas you know the modern Battlestar Galactica, it was humans that created the robots, and they revolted. Yeah, but um, well, that that's too funny. Yeah, it's weird. Well, I, like, I guess I can lay that idea to rest, knowing that somebody has already done. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it's just amazing, like how like people can you know like can think of the same ideas, you know, and and not have any. Yeah, no, yeah, that's funny, hey. Um, organically come up with the same idea just in a different time and it, you know different place yep um excellent um so uh let's move on to lillian 
Uh, what Me? is what what what's first <laughs> up on your what if? Okay, so this one is one that I've wondered ever forever. Um, and I it's funny because I mean I don't know technically it did happen. So uh, you know when you think of shows that have a season finale because maybe at the time they thought they were done and then they decide to bring it back. Um, and so for me, I'm like, what if they actually did kill Buffy the Vampire Slayer in mm-hmm. season five mm-hmm. or two? Heck, she died. She died multiple times. But what if she actually died and they did a spinoff with her sister? Because, you know, all of a sudden they've got little well, like her sister there and they end up doing something else. Sorry. What? <laughs> Sorry. No, keep going. No, it's just being like, they decided after this huge finale and this huge monologue about life and death, and they br- they decide to bring her back, you know, after this huge hoodoo thing, and it's crazy, and she's like this soulless... I mean, the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the best thing that ever came after she died, and I listen to it once a week. Um, <laughs> mostly. Uh, but at the same time, it's one of those things where I'm like, do they really think this through or was it just a whole we could probably get another season out of this like it never it just it was not no no stay down stay down but i don't know one of those things i'll always wonder because i love the show very much i love the characters but it just kind of felt just what if they just left her be and did the rest of this characters you know what if angel survived for multiple seasons mm-hmm. and it was bad for multiple and they did a, and they did a spike show too didn't they mm-hmm. it was also bad yeah <laughs> so i mean like they tried a bunch of things it's just kind of one of those things where it, it might have been a little fun just to see them figuring it out without her and maybe the new slayer comes along and it's a dude or what if it's like you know a kid or, you know, kind of thing. So it just felt like there could have been something better. Like, there could have been, they could have done so much more there. Like, what if one of her crew accidentally became a slayer? What if Xander was a slayer? Oh, that yeah. No, that yeah, would not. Sure, sure pick the weakest <laughs> link. <laughs> Xander's a fantastic link. It's just, it was, I don't know. It'd be fun. Oh, God, no, Xander the Slayer. That uh, needs to be a thing. Fan fiction, baby. It's what I live through. It's one of my guilty pleasures. We already know this. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That, that's probably one of the top ones I'd always wonder about. Nice. Um, All right. So I apologize for my reaction. No, I want to know what well, that was for. If you are going to have her die and have someone else take over as the lead, Dawn is not the answer. <laughs> But she's the key. <laughs> then that's the door that should stay locked. Um, <laughs> you, tell, you tell us how you really feel. <laughs> okay, let's go through. I want to know. I want to both know this. Come on. You are right that if you don't bring back Buffy, then you do not get once more with feeling, which yes. is in my top favorite things on TV ever that I've ever Dear God, watched. I love you so much. <laughs> I watched that. Just as its own thing, a girl I was dating at the time was into Buffy, and she's like, just watch this one. I'm like, okay, just that I had not watched. I watched Buffy the night it aired, the premiere, um, 
and I didn't like it. But it was like the very first episode. I never went back to it. Show was long done. She had me watch Once More with Feeling. I'm like, this is good. Just as someone that acted in plays in school and, and you know, my mom is a big Broadway person. I'm like, this is just good. Then my now ex, but when we first got together, we marathoned Buffy. Watching that episode in order, in sequence, and having everything matter, I'm like, oh, my God, I already enjoyed it. But knowing how much everything means in here, the whole, whole episode hits that much harder. So anyways, yeah. you don't get that if she doesn't come back, because that's a big part of it. But if you were going to have, hey, Buffy dies, and here's our new lead, and how our new lead interacts with everyone, I don't think the Scooby gang adopting Dawn as the group's younger sister is the answer. I think Faith coming in and oh, yeah. throwing a wrench into everything like, okay, I got to be in high school. All right, what am I going to dress like? No, 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 Faith, you can't dress like that. Please don't. <laughs> That's not the kind of attention we're going for. And then she butts heads with Giles, and it's like, no, I'm going to just kill. No, we have to research. I don't have to do anything. And, of course, she's going to flirt with Angel, and, of course, she's going to flirt with Spike. And as Willow starts uh, discovering her relationship with Tara, Faith's going to mess with her. So you could really have a WBCW, hey, sometimes coming out is not easy because your friends might not be as easy, might not accept who you are as easily or as quickly as you would hope that they would. Could do a whole arc on that. Of course, she's going to mess with Xander. You could have her and Anya just tear each other apart because when Anya got you know, backed up against a wall. She's a goof. She's silly. But when she gets backed up against wall, she will fight for who she cares about. Yeah. So you could have the two of them get into it. And eventually you just have this, not a softening because she's still going to be a slayer. She's still going to get the job done, but a more well-rounded version of faith of like, okay, these people care about me. They love me. I can let my guard down. I can enjoy myself. I can do something crazy like smile sometimes. And really start to have a full, well-run life. I'm not going to be Buffy. I'll never be Buffy. But I don't have to be alone either. I think that could have been an interesting arc to take her on. I'd have to agree. I haven't watched, I haven't marathoned that show in forever. (laughs) It needs to be done. I think it's on Prime. All right. Um, there was a box set somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't speak too much because I, 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 I've only made it to season two of Buffy, and that was a long time ago. But, um, oh, season three broke my heart in yeah, so many know. ways. Like, mm-hmm. ah, up to about season four or five, it was a pretty damn solid show. Season four does not exist. Season yeah. four does not exist. No, season four is no. not a thing. No, season three. Uh, however, I got I got to rewatch it because I I don't remember. There was a certain point where it stopped being good. Season four had the super soldiers, and it was just yeah. really weird. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's probably around good, the point no. it stopped being good. Then yeah, I heard yeah. of that. And then season five was pretty good because we had like all of a sudden a sister, and all of a sudden all this stuff, like you know. But eh. all right, uh, Kevin. All right, who's next? Kevin, what's Kevin? What's... What's first up on your what if? 
right. So the funny thing is, obviously having no idea Lillian's got this coming. But uh, I was kind of thinking of it today. Um, and then Marvel announced some new stuff for March. Because, geez, we got to solicit stuff so far ahead of time. But I, I got wondering and thinking and all. And then, of course, the new Spider-Man trailer. So let's do this as a what if. Um, Green Goblin tosses Gwen Stacy. Spider-Man goes to rescue her. And he saves Gwen, but he can't stop his own momentum. So Peter Parker dies, but Gwen lives. So she has seen Green Goblin kill her boyfriend, who's also a superhero. And so she not only loses her boyfriend, New York loses its hero. And so taking this from the same time frame as well... You know, oh, was Amazing Spider-Man, like, one... God, I feel like it was in the hundreds, like, early 120s, maybe. So you go that far back with it. You go early 70s with it. And you have Gwen say, okay, how did he become the hero? What happened? What training did he do? Where did he keep his extra costumes? Where did he keep the web shooters? And do a 1970s version of your legacy hero thing. A woman taking over a male role. Oh, no. But have it be for reason. Gwen's like, I'm going to honor his death. And I'm going to... Become Ginger Snap. (laughs) Sorry, no. I'm going to become (laughs) Spider-Woman, you know, whatever, for... And Peter stays dead, much like Uncle Ben, much like Bucky at the time. He stays dead. And Gwen takes over. So you have your number one hero from Marvel replaced by a woman in the 70s when it would have been even more – it would be shocking today. It would be even more shocking then. But comics weren't thought of in the same way, so people would have rolled with it a little bit better. And then that could have even grown to Spider-Woman and her Amazing Friends cartoon. It would we could have... Wouldn't it? Yep, we could have Spider-Woman No Way Home now. Like, that would be the iconic character. The Peter Parker one's been long gone. He'd been forgotten. He'd be an afterthought for the things. But everyone would know Gwen Stacy as the Amazing Spider-Woman for decades now at this point. Of, of everything. Like, he was the catalyst, right? Yeah, Yep. You And at that point, Spider-Man had met other heroes. He would be the Uncle Ben of the Marvel Universe at that point. He'd be the one of, like, all your other heroes. Cap, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Thor, all of them would be, like, he sacrificed everything. So we need to have that same a level of great responsibility with our great powers. Hmm. Well, and you you could even have that snowball into other things. Okay, so Gwen takes over. That makes her the most powerful, not even physically powerful, like Wonder Woman. I know a different universe, but that's more powerful woman, uh, Captain Marvel later on. you know. But she would be the biggest female hero for sure. So all of a sudden, we'd probably have a lot more female superheroes. 
we probably have more women reading comics because we've been reading it since the 70s when Spider-Man, you know, was replaced by a woman here. If you even go that great power thing, you end up with stuff of like, hey, we should be heroes. Look what Spider-Man did. You don't end up with evil X-Men, you know, turn, turn and heal every couple of years for no good reason. You might not have Tony Stark being an alcoholic. I have this responsibility to this armor. I need to get my stuff together. You might not even. You might have a less violent Hulk. You know, even even dumb Smash Hulk understands sacrifices to save someone you love. Like you, the snowball of it could just it could lead to so much stuff in the real world and in the comic page for an entirely different Marvel universe with Gwen Stacy as the lead. Okay, I just gotta jump in for a sec, Kevin. All right. What if they do this in season two of What If? How how much would your mind be blown? See, and that's what I'm wondering, because Marvel announced in March they are doing a Gwenverse. So we already have Spider-Gwen slash Ghost Spider, which I love, yeah. my kid loves. I love it when... Spider Gwen is corrupted by the symbiote and becomes Gwenum. Freaking great name. Yeah. I named my child after the best thing at the best time of the world. Like, Gwen is sorted. You named your kid Gwenum? No, 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 but I'm sorry, but Gwenum is going to turn into her now that she's two. So, uh, we got Gwenum in the house, guys. Nice. Um, there's, uh, they just did a Heroes Reborn, which was like a alternate universe Marvel one. And Gwen is Night Gwen in that one. Like Night oh. Monkey? Uh, no, it's kind of like a Night Wing, actually. <laughs> even though it's... Oh! Yeah, even though it's Marvel DC, it's it's almost like a Night Wing kind of thing for it. Which is one of my favorite characters, BT Dubs. He's hot. You should see the variant cover that came out today. <gasps> I'm Googling. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm going I'm to stop squirreling, guys. Sorry. Like him in a corner of a boxing ring and just his shorts. Hello. Yeah, I think it sold out. <laughs> um, but Marvel, so the this Gwen verse that they're doing in March is going to be like superhero versions of Gwen Stacy across the multiverse. So there's going to be the Spider-Man one, which we already have, but they're going to do like a Wolverine version, a um, like all the X Men have different Gwen versions of themselves. All the Avengers, and just hey, here's if Gwen Stacy became this hero throughout all the different realities, but something happens and every Gwen Stacy from every reality shows up. Just the covers alone, I was looking at Gwen Stacy as a Dark Phoenix, as Mystique, as Cable. The Gambit one actually looks fantastic. It's probably one I'm going to buy. <laughs> so you already have her as this crossover star somehow. And I, and I say somehow as I'm looking at freaking two Gwenham figures in the other room here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have an artist that I love. He just does a, like a painted style for the covers. And he did a very rare... I think it was like one out of a hundred Spider Gwen Gwenum cover is the most I've paid for a comic in my life. Oh. So I just wanted it so bad. <laughs> Shiny. 
It is. It's pretty. It's hanging up right now. <laughs> My shiniest comic uh, is actually Winnie the Pooh's Deadpool one. Yeah. Ooh. It's shiny. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but um, anyways, that, that's... My, like. Mine is uh, issue number one of Peter Porker. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love Peter Porker. Amazing Spider-Ham. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, like pre-Google... I would tell people about Peter Parker, and they wouldn't believe me. That's not a thing. That never happened. I'm like, yeah, it did. And it was yeah, awesome. <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing until I got, I watched um, In the, the, the Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, Spider-Verse. Yeah, me yeah. too. That's when I discovered it, and I was like, well, this is the best thing ever. Yep. Excellent. Oh, my... oh. Kevin just posted one in the chat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's my very expensive cover I just put in the chat. Um, excellent. So, all right. Do you guys want to do another round of what if, or do you guys want to move on to brain candy? Because we're already at an hour and 50 minutes. That's a pretty sweet cover, Kevin. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Because um, if you, if you guys have any more what ifs, I'm thinking we should do this uh, as another episode in the new year. Like we'll do a part two. Yeah, I'm, I'm good to move on. Yeah. All right, because I have some that I want to talk about, but I I know we have some stuff. We got some news to talk about. Um. Oh. All right. Oh, so no, nothing new. Nothing interesting has happened. There's nothing new. No <laughs> new trailers. No new shows. <laughs> no, no, no. It was very very dull. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, well let's let's <laughs> let's move on to our next segment, which is brain candy. So in this segment, we oh, so we will be doing a what if episode in twenty twenty two, early twenty twenty two. So anyway, for this segment, brain candy, we talk about stuff that we're watching, reading, and anything that we're uh, feeding our brain, and we may make it a pick or a pan. You know, depending on if we liked it or not. Um, so I'll kick it off. Uh, for this week of Brain Candy, I am reading Dune. Because I watched the movie. I loved it. And I want to know more. So I have been watching a lot of YouTube videos about Dune. And, um, yeah, I this is awesome. I can't believe I did not know more about but i mean it's kind of like game of thrones like with game of thrones like i'd heard about a son of ice and fire but it wasn't until they made this you know the show and i watched that first season i was like oh my god i need more um so after seeing the new dune movie which is amazing i i can't say enough great things about it i'm just loving the dune universe now i'm all in um on the television i haven't seen the I haven't seen the new sure. film, but I read the book, and it was it is a great book. It's in my theater right now, and I'm like, mm, nope. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get time to go. Yeah, I, I can't wait till it comes to my local theater. We have Cl we have Clifford the Big Red Dog coming next, so <laughs> I don't think I'm going to it. <clears throat> um, you need to come to my, my town. We have the best little mini theater. Oh, I, I love my, I love our theater. Like it, in my, in my mind, it's the best popcorn. I love it. It's so great. Um, 
Like, sometimes I don't even go to the movie. I just go in there to get popcorn, and then I leave. Um, nice. It's that good. Um, so another series that just kicked off is Season 4 of Yellowstone. And... Uh-huh. So awesome. Like, the first ten Can minutes of that... Because I'm, I'm still on Season 1. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it, but the first ten okay. minutes of Season 4... It's just jaw-dropping. It is so amazing. It's so awesome. Um, like, this season... Like, the season premiere, or first couple episodes, they're establishing a couple of spin-off series. Because there's going to be a spin-off series called Yellowstone 18-something, 1864. Or... I can't remember. Um, but basically, like, a Tim McGraw is going to be in it. Faith Hill's in it. Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Elliot, uh, you know, Sam Elliot, Sam, Sam Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. Sam Elliot. I was going to say Batman's the, uh, voice the iconic cat, uh, Hollywood cowboy. Yeah. He's going to be in it. So it's like Yellowstone, like them establishing, um, you know, cool. the, di- the dynasty, like, like they actually had a, a scene in episode one of season four with, with Tim McGraw. It was awesome. And then they're also establishing a series that's going to take place in Texas. It's going to be about, like, horses and, and horse riding. And, it, it like, so they introduced this character, I think it was in Season 3, this horse guy. And I was like, this guy has to be a real cowboy. Like, this guy is so amazing what he does with horses. It's actually the show creator. It's the guy that created the show that is, like, doing all these horse things. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, th- I figured he was, like, a rodeo guy. Like, he's so good with, with horses. It's amazing. But, yeah, like, that first ten minutes of season four, honestly, it's the most jaw-dropping season premiere I've ever seen. It, it, it really was. I actually started binging that the other day at work, and I think I'm on uh, – I'm in season two still right now, though, only. Um, and I'm just in awe of how many people are already dead in the first season and a, and a half. A yeah. lot of people die. I, w- I won't give too much away, but I will say the season three finale, in my mind, is right up there with Best of Both Worlds. It's up there with Who Shot JR. It, w- it was jaw-dropping, the last, like, five minutes of the season three finale. And then season four, I'd say, like, the first ten minutes was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, Yellowstone season four, I can't say enough great things. Um, so I bit the bullet and I decided to subscribe to stars so I can watch heels. Um, Good boy. so I'm in, I mean, I love Stephen Amell. I mean, he, he's my man crush. Um, great per I met him in real life. He's one of the best celebrities I've ever met. Such an awesome guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to, cause our next episode of the pop culture pub is our third episode of dedicated to wrestling. Um, so I want to watch this. So the first season, so I can talk about it in our wrestling episode, I wanted to watch uh, dark side of the ring, the new season, but I just haven't got to it. I don't think I'll get to it before our wrestling episode, but I'm hoping to have heel season one and my wife's enjoying it too. You know, Stephen Amell's amazing. Um, yeah, it's great. And He's fantastic. He's beautiful. He he is beautiful. He is. Um, and last but not least, I've been re-watching The Shield on DVD. 
Uh, and the reason why I say on DVD is because it is not available for streaming anywhere in Canada right now. It used to be on Netflix, and then it was on Amazon Prime, and it's no longer on either one. But because I was a fan of the show when it originally aired, I bought all the seasons as they were were released originally, um, because that's what we did pre Netflix, you know. And the uh, the the series ended in two thousand and nine. So this was like pre-streaming for for me, and um, so I haven't actually watched the series since it ended. But I, you know, I was watching these videos on YouTube, like where people would replay, you know, like show scenes, and I'm like, God, this was I forgot how amazing this was. So I've I'm currently I just finished season three, still amazing. I'm gonna be starting season four next week, and. It, it's one of those shows that I I don't think a lot of people have seen, but I I honestly will say I will go on record as saying this is one of my favorite shows. Like this is like in my top five favorite shows of all time. It's so good. Um, the acting is just amazing, and there's certain things like doing the rewatch because when it originally aired, um, it was hard to find in Canada. Like, I remember it was on a channel called Mystery Television, Mystery TV. Um, it was a channel that was available in Canada. And it was like one, like a Sunday. Like, I, I think I was, like, nursing a hangover. I was, like, laying on the couch. It was, like, 10 in the morning, flipping through the channels. Like, because, you know, back then that's what we used to do. And I came across a show. And I was like... I watched an episode, uh, like it was a random episode from season one, and I'm like, this is awesome. So it was like appointment viewing, 10 o'clock, Sunday mornings, that's what I watched. And then eventually, like when it got to season five, City TV picked it up, and then I would watch it on City TV. Um, but actually, I used to watch, I after the first, like cause the first two seasons were on Mystery TV, and then I watched season three straight on DVD. Like, I went out and bought it at Walmart and watched it. And same with season four. I never watched those on TV because Mystery TV didn't get those seasons for some reason. So then when I seen them at Walmart, I paid, like, whatever, the 60 or 70 bucks for, you know, for the season. Because it's that good. And then uh, City TV picked it up season five forward and then i would just pick you know i would rewatch the seasons prior to the new season so like i haven't watched these shows in 10 plus years and it's still great it's still an awesome show can't say enough great things about the shield um all right so kevin what what's up for brain candy for you this week <laughs> all right so i think i mentioned it before um my kid really wanted me to watch it chapter one for around Halloween. Yep. And I couldn't get through it. I'm about halfway through and I paused it and I haven't gone back to it. And I was listening to a different podcast and the guy was saying, uh, his issue, he doesn't do horror. And I was like, well, I can do horror, mm -hmm. but there's just something about this one that's getting to me. And he said, if I'm watching something, if I'm enjoying entertainment, it's because I want to be entertained. I don't want to be made to feel uncomfortable. Life does that enough to me. 
And I was like, you know, I think that's what it is. I can watch tons of horror all day long. Kids is my line. Anything with kids is my, like, I'm out line. Yeah. And I'm ju- I'm watching it just waiting for bad stuff to happen to kids. And it's ratcheting up my anxiety and everything. And it's making it so tough to get through it. And it could be fine. I, it could all be in my head. I got about an hour left. But if something happens, I'm not watching Chapter 2 next year for him. <laughs> like, I'm done. And And I think that is my line for it. I don't watch things to be made to feel uncomfortable. I watch things to be entertained. That's my difference for it. And it, it, if it does both, good on you. If it's only doing the one thing and making me uncomfortable, then I don't want that. <laughs> so we'll see if I get through that by the end of the year, <laughs> here and there a little bit. Um, I am working through my stack of graphic novels from Dead Reckoning. That's the U.S. Navy's graphic novel imprint. So I just read graphic novel, The Jewish Brigade, which is a story of Jewish soldiers in World War II and how, you know, we're we're over there to stop Germany and stop Hitler. And yet a lot of the allies still didn't care about the Jews at all and still mm-hmm. hated them. Yep. And it's it's very heartbreaking and interesting, and especially in the comic format, like a lot of the points are coming across more. And then I have one, um, the flutus of the war, the flutus of Alex, something like that. Uh, father and son at different points, different missions. Um, during World War II, opposite sides of Europe. And how this flute and this song that the dad played for the kid when he was a child is a piece of information that keeps coming up and keeps helping out both of them throughout their missions. So it's fictionalized, but there's a lot of truth to it. It's very interesting. And then the one I'm working on right now is from Garth Ennis, who created The Boys, and mm-hmm. it's called Tankies. And it is very uh, detailed yet graphic stories of tank wars throughout World War II as well. Um, so this company, my, my dad was 40 years in the Navy, um, and I got on this company's mailing list for comics, so he's thrilled about it, too, because <laughs> awesome. he drives past the building almost every day. Yeah. But they send me lots of cool stuff. I got more coming. Um, I am currently going through Cowboy Bebop, the anime, before the live action comes to Netflix this weekend. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I watched it on Cartoon Network when it came out, probably 20 years ago now. But I didn't realize I'm watching whatever episode's on when I watched it. So I'm watching it out of order. The language is edited. Some violence is edited. Some, I don't want to say sex, but I'll say risque moments are edited out. And Netflix, this is just completely like in order, unedited. The only complaint I've heard is some people like the subtitles better than the dubbed. Okay, that's everything, you know, you hear that argument for. So really, in a way, this is the first time I'm watching it. I mean, it isn't. I know the story, but it also kind of is. And there's a lot of stuff that I I don't think Cartoon Network pulled out, like, a couple seconds. It feels like whole minutes, whole scenes I've never seen before, at least not 
in this context. But I'm enjoying the hell out of it, as if it is my first time viewing. And I can't wait for that live-action one coming up either. Nice. So it's been a blast for that. Um, I really want to try for Shang-Chi again, now that's on Disney+. Plus. I'm looking forward to that. And then the craziest thing, my kid got me to do this. So there's a Spider-Man game for PlayStation 4, I believe. Uh-huh. Not not the one for 5, but there was one for 4. And he's watching some guy play it. And it's like each video is probably 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. And then he's like, that's enough for the day. And we've watched 5. So it's not straight gameplay. It's not straight taking you know the, the cut scenes and making a mini-movie. It's the guy playing, but then we'll see the scenes, we'll see the interviews, we'll see, you know, the story progression. And I'm getting into it. I'm like, this is really interesting. Like, I'm curious where the story goes. They build up things. Oh, I think this bad guy is in town again. I was like, ooh, I I want to see what this bad guy looks like, because the graphics on this are crazy. They're so good for it. Oh, I got to wait five more episodes of this guy's YouTube before I see it. If I was actually playing this game, that drives me nuts. I want to see character now. I don't want the slow build. But it's animated movie quality, really, for it. And then going on these missions, and uh, we're watching it. I'm like, did they put all of Manhattan in this video game? Because it looks like they did. And the guy playing, it's like, okay, uh, I actually, you know, I was on... I was visiting someone on Broadway last week. Let's go over Broadway. And it's not Broadway, really, and it's not Times Square, and it's not the village, and it's not, you know, all these sections in New York City. But they designed everything to feel like it is. So they don't have to pay for the rights to any graphics, you know, building, copyright, anything like that. Mm -hmm. But he swings into an area, and you're like, well, I know what area of New York City that is, that that's supposed to be. And it feels like it. So as you progress in the game, you pretty much unlock more of New York City to travel around. Oh, my God, this game is crazy. I can't even imagine how big a file this game is on whatever hell it's on. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the video game expert, but I'm going nuts. He's like, Dad, we should play this game. You should buy me a PlayStation 4 for Christmas. <laughs> like, That's probably not happening, buddy, but I really want to play this, too. So... Maybe we shouldn't keep watching these videos because I, I don't want to make an expensive purchase. Yeah. And really, if I'm going to do that, I should get the five and hope that the four games work on it. I don't know if they do or not. I, uh, I honestly don't know. Yeah, if if you don't want to buy the video games but want to know the stories, really, these YouTube videos, well worth it. You you can get the vicarious experience playing the game, but you get the full stories, and the stories are pretty much animated movies at this point for so much fun. Cool. He knows he's got me hooked, too. The kid is smart. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Oh, oh, wait, sorry. One one quick comic. Okay. Dark Dark Knights of Steel, number one, came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I read that. Ooh. You did read it? Oh, we can't spoil it. But for, other than for Chris and I, um, imagine the last rocket from Krypton lands on Earth, but it lands in the Middle Ages with knights and castles and all of that going on. 
and then take all of your DC icons and put them into that time frame and just see what happens. <clears throat> and then the twist at the end, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm buying all 12 issues. The, <laughs> the only thing with the twist, though, is where it kind of got me, was is he still that character if his, you know... I don't know. Like I the, don't know. Like, that's not the... It wouldn't be the same character anymore. It wouldn't be, but I think it's only first issue, so it could be a swerve. You know, it could a lot could change. It's only the first issue for it, but it isn't the same. But does he? Well, he does know it because he's told stuff. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to ruin it on there for anyone to go ahead and read it. Please, but I think your character motivations and how the character is raised could still hold true. Maybe. Like you, you thought you thought this was true. You built your moral code. You built what you're going to do, and you found out something later on. That that's my hope. But we'll see. It's it's issue one of twelve, so I think there's going to yeah. be some swerves coming. It's just genetically, it, it's not the same character though anymore. Right. Yeah. So that you but know, they, it, it's a cool concept, cool. but it that kind of got me thinking. It's like, well, then it's not the same guy. But anyway, uh, well, because they mess with us, they keep they keep saying, "Oh, it's the Banshee. The Banshee's coming for Superman again." Okay. Well, Silver Banshee's been a Superman villain for decades. I'm thinking that no Banshee's Black Canary. Oh my God, that makes sense, especially yep. in this time frame. Um, the Green Man is coming. Okay, who's the Green Man? It could be Martian Manhunter. It could be Green Lantern. It could be Green Arrow. It could be, you know, uh, other bad guys I'm forgetting. Like, they, they keep you on your toes already in the first issue, so I can't wait to see where it goes next. Yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely... And the art is amazing. The The art was fantastic. Really good, yeah. Excellent. Um, all right, Lillian, what, what do you got this week for Brain Candy? Hmm? Honestly, I'm I'm kind of dry on that one. I have not been braining much. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, it's just I I haven't really had. I mean, book wise, I haven't been braining much. Um, television wise, I'm kind of just. I started watching Yellowstone, and then it nice. got me by that. It was good. Um, on Prime as well, uh, when we're not, my son, when we have time, we're binging Supernatural, but when we're not doing that, I started watching Dr. Death with, um, on Prime, um, with Joshua Jackson, which then, of course, led me to a full YouTube squirrel hunt to find the real story of the doctor that this documentary was based on, which then, of course, led me even further into a rabbit hole of trying to find my way around uh, the, the United States legal uh, world of medicine, which ironically, my girlfriend currently just moved to Korea and she's also taking her midwifery uh, courses through university in America. And so she's up all night in Korea taking courses at the same time as it would be daytime in America. And it's funny because I learned that the U.S., uh, does not have a very good medical system. Um, no, we don't. Like, they have a high mortality rate for births, which I mm-hmm. thought was a lovely thing. 
Um, I, I like in Canada, you never hear about this. Like I assumed having had children. Um, so that's been interesting. Cause I guess maybe that is brain candy. When you start watching something on television, it sends you down like a, a week and a half long world mm-hmm. of wow. Still screwed up. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we did, um, we did a back to back feature the other day. We watched Red Notice, uh, cause it was obviously, it was on, on, online. On Netflix, we watched Red Notice, um, and then we went and we watched on um, Disney. We went and did uh, Shang-Chi, uh, which was – I think I messaged you after Chris and was like, I get it. I could watch it over and over again. I get it. <laughs> but no, it wasn't you. I messaged someone else and said that because yeah. you didn't like it, did you, Chris? Well, I no. I, I, it I, was you. I, I didn't Wrong, mind right? it. Not, not that, yeah. I yeah. didn't mind it. I, I, I didn't love it. But I, I I thought it was good. Yeah. But it was you. I messaged saying I could watch it over and over again, right? Yes. And then I I, I was the yeah, one that told you okay, you got to watch Dune. That's yeah. That, there yeah. we go. I've got you. And you also told me to go watch the Spider Man trailer. Yes. Um, yep. The other day. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, that was enjoyable. Um, I I actually it was funny because I was sitting there watching Red Notice, and as I I remember watching the hype about this movie and The Rock and them talking about this is one of the biggest. In- investments that netflix has made uh because it's got these big names in it mm-hmm. and i remember watching it going well it's cute mm-hmm. that's about what i came away from that it was fun it was cute it's not one that i'd write home about i mean a friend of mine at the same time i was watching it uh, uh he was posting about it on facebook and uh we had an entire mini conversation about, please tell me the rock shows up in a jungle wearing a beige shirt. And I was like, yes, (laughs) it was beautiful. Um, but, uh, I mean, we've, I've been watching the weirdest of things like books have been kind of on the back burner. Um, I, I, I mean, there's, um, on webtoons, uh, the app, there's a Batman comic that came out and I've been (laughs) diligently, the newest episode of that one was beautiful. Um, it's called Batman Wayne Family Adventures. And um the most recent episode, uh oh dear God, it's so beautiful. Like uh so uh so um Robin and um the other Robin whose brain I just lost, they get into a fight. Oh Drake, there we go. They get into a fight about who's the better one and they end up dyeing each other's hair and one winds up covered in glitter and it's just fantastic. <laughs> um and Batman eventually is like, knock it off you two. Yeah. Um, it does a cute little comic that's on, uh, that comes out weekly and I've thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, but basically I've just been kind of, I've binge watching stupid shows as well. Like uh, survivors on the newest season on, on prime, which I was like, how did I ever get addicted to this? <laughs> and they ended up this season. They're actually like, we're bringing the, the people in. You can actually see how many camera crews there are surrounding them. Like it's it's interesting. But oh, that's, yeah. I'm I'm kind of boring and hopeless this week. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much like people are on the other side of the camera. You know, all these. All well, these... And it, at one point um, on the first episode when they're on a boat, it pans out and you just see like 40 people yep. on this dock and all of this, and you're like, huh? Yep. Okay. But yep. yeah, that's been me just kind of quietly navigating 
It's just been a long week. Oh, I hear long you. Long two weeks. I hear you. Um, Ragnar, what do you got this week for, for Brain Candy? Well, uh, uh, as previously mentioned, I, I finished the Clone Wars series, which I can't, you know, I'm still not totally sold on the ending, mostly just because I think it felt a bit rushed. But as a whole, the series is amazing. will definitely make you rethink the prequels and appears to be the foundation that much of the Mandalorian and probably some of the other shows like Ahsoka show are based on. So if you're a Star Wars person, I'm thinking you should probably watch it if you haven't already. Um, and then uh, last night I watched Shang-Chi now that it's on Disney Plus. And I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um, it's a solid three out of five for me. That's how I felt. Uh, yep. Okay. Hmm. The, the bar for martial arts movies is set really high. Yeah. And I don't think they came anywhere near hitting the, the, the bar from movies that we've already seen. No, definitely not. Definitely. Yeah. But I, I cool did that... appreciate the fact it didn't feel like watching, say, you know, Batman and yeah. Superman two hours. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't re. Yeah. Um. On my high definition TV, watching it on Disney Plus, the CGI looked terrible. I don't know. Maybe in theaters it looked better. I'm not totally clear, but the the giant lion, the dragons, all that stuff. Man, did it ever look terrible on on my TV. Um, I liked most of the characters, especially the the best friend who maybe is going to become girlfriend. She she was the best character in the movie, hands down. Oh yeah, yeah. Where the movie fell apart for me, I was thinking about it. I think it was really the third act. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, these dragons show up. That especially the good dragon had never been mentioned before. Nobody explained it. It just suddenly shows up and basically saves the day. I don't know. It didn't work. It didn't work for me. If they had introduced it and built it up and Shang-Chi had done something to summon it, I would have been into it. But it was just like, oh, I fell to the bottom of the ocean and I was about to give up. And then a dragon appeared and then it showed up and saved the day. It's kind of it didn't I don't know. It didn't click for me. Also, I guess, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> this is um, Yeah, yeah. And yeah, as a whole, it just, it just didn't rock my world. I thought it was okay. I liked it more than some of the Marvel films, but it definitely it wasn't a home run for me. And I, I, I got to say, I, I just, other than the, the funny sidekick, best friend, love interest, I didn't really feel attached to any of the characters. Now I'm questioning things because now I'm like, oh, well, he's got a point. And I think I was just totally squeeing over the fact that Aquafina plays the water dragon dragon in the movie Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, Oh, yeah. And it was just so epic. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, this is so awesome and fun and inside. Yay. Um, Okay. Kind of right there. I don't know. It, It... 
It was okay. I, I suspect that Shang-Chi is going to be a big part of the cinematic universe moving forward. It certainly looks like they're setting it up for that. So I suspect you do probably want to watch this movie, but I don't know. I, I think I was underwhelmed. I think I, I think I was really hoping they were going to pull out something incredible here, and I I don't think they quite hit it. I, I think they, they could have done a lot more with it. I, I don't think the casting was poor. The cast were all good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I also hated the music. There was a lot of music in there that I really didn't like, but that's personal taste. Probably lots of other people had the opposite experience. Wow, the soundtrack's amazing. I couldn't stand it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, it didn't. It it, it didn't rock my world. I, I'm very glad I didn't wear a mask for two hours so I could see it in theaters. Because I don't know, didn't didn't rock my world. Yeah, I'm. I'm but I'm in, I'm in complete agreement. Like uh, that's exactly how I felt. But. I really think Shang-Chi, like, he could be the next Captain America. Like, he could be leading the Avengers. Um, yeah, and I, I have a I, feeling like they're trying to set him up for a major role like that. Yeah. I and just I think, I think they just got it. I don't think the actor is the wrong choice for that. No. I think they just didn't really do anything with the character. Yeah, no, I think what they the did... Time he was felt the, only, if, okay. the only time he was interesting was when he finally revealed his backstory <laughs> about how his father had sent him at the age of 14 to avenge his mother's death. Like, that was, like, that was the only part where I'm like, oh, there is more to this character, because he's kind of just a nice guy who's also really good at martial arts. I I think... I don't know. I, I, think, I, I don't know. I think what happened is, what happens with a lot of comic book movies is where they try to shoehorn in too much. Like, this really could have been two movies. Like, it... Like yeah. I, th- I think the first yeah. movie should have focused on Shang Chi being the master of kung fu, and really focusing on the kung fu aspect of it. And, and I mean, you could add the yeah. you know, and have his dad be the you know the big bad, him in the background, um, you know, the whole Ten Rings mythos. Like that's really cool. And then the next movie could have been him going to this you know this other dimension and, and, and having to fight for it and all that kind of stuff. Cause to me, it kind of felt like, cause that's kind of like iron fists backstory. Like he has this, yeah. Uh, it, uh, and I was just say, whatever, it right? was like iron fist. Yeah. And it, it's like iron, iron fist was the, the worst of all the Netflix TV series. It was downright terrible. And yet it, it should have been it good. It started off with potential. And, yeah. and you had good cast. And you had a yep. big budget. You had all the right ingredients, but man, it did not come out. Well, right. one thing it's that... like when you make a stir fry. Sometimes, sometimes stir fry is you just take all the stuff in your fridge and you fry it together and serve it with rice or noodles, and it's amazing. And then sometimes it's not amazing. And yeah, yeah, it was kind of like that. Well, with Iron <laughs> Fist, like with them doing like it as a TV series, I really was underwhelmed with the kung fu aspect of it. Whereas this movie, yeah. I was like, they got a movie budget. They're going to have, like, all the kung fu experts, you know, working on this. It's going to be awesome. And it was, but that wasn't the focus of the movie. You know, the guy's the master of kung fu. That should be the focus of the movie, not, you know, mm. all this other mystical and, and stuff. Like, 
if I go back, if I go back and watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, it's gonna make Shang Chi look lame. Mm-hmm. But Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out almost twenty years ago, and they had some of the cast member, well, one of the cast members in this movie, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, but Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was so much better. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I think they they really missed the mark on a couple things here, and I think you're right. He's supposed to be the master of kung fu, and they don't really get into that. Yeah, I think they're yeah. they're trying to build him up too fast. Like, like the cap, like mm-hmm. using Captain America as an example. Like the first movie was good, but it was the second movie that was like, holy crap! Like this is like this is the cap. This is the guy that we're going to follow into battle. Even you know, even though that mm-hmm. came after Avengers, like. Winter Soldier was really when it was like, wow, this he's amazing. Mm. Um, and I think they were trying to capture that all in one movie. Like it was just too much. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Not and again, it yeah, was, like it was it was it was both too much and not enough at the yes, same time. Yeah, exactly. Like the cast was amazing, like you said. Like I loved Aquafina. Like I, I had no idea who she was before this movie. And I, no, like I came no. out of this movie, I'm like, I love that chick. She's awesome. Yeah. I'm you need sorry. to go That's watch. Um, yeah. You need to go watch Crazy Rich Asians. I ne- need to watch yeah. Ray and the Last Dragon. Okay, I know Crazy, okay, I've, Crazy I've Rich heard Asians. Good things about both of those. Yeah. They're fantastic. She just makes the movie. Um, in Crazy Rich, Rich Asians, she looks like an Asian Miley Cyrus. Um, but my question is, okay. So I gave a lot of grace to Shang-Chi when I was watching it. So I just apparently I filled in a bunch of gaps in my head just because I was having fun. Mm-hmm. So how long do you think it is? So they they end up getting to this other realm. And in my brain, I automatically transpose that time flows differently in this realm to make room for Aquafina to learn how to shoot a bow and yeah. for him how to learn how to find inner peace and in fighting. But Otherwise, she, you wind well, Aquaf- up with them but, like... But the char- the chick character says, "I, you know, I only learned how to shoot a bow yesterday." Which is where now I'm thinking of it. I'm like, okay, normally I'm the nitpickiest cow on the planet with timelines, and it ruins a lot of things. So now I'm sitting here going, "Oh dear lord!" I completely skipped over the fact that there was no time for them to actually build a meaningful relationship with this colony of people. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no actual time for them to do much of anything. But and um, how fast how fast the two sides team up together to fight the weird demon things? I was like, well, that's unbelievable. This, well, this, now, ass- this assassin army who spent their whole lifetimes dedicated to this cause, and now sort of like, oh yeah, sure, we'll team up with you. What? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't team up with them. They'd be like, oh yeah, we'll team up with you, and then just stab them all in the back. That yeah. would have been cooler. Yeah, but it was like now I don't know. I found that really hard to swallow. Um, Apparently, my mild love of this actor um, has just destroyed my abilities to think. So. <laughs> now I have to go rewatch it, but I need to do it with the double Chris eyes, okay? Because <laughs> now both of us are One of us, one of us on each of your shoulders, hemming and hawing the whole time. Both <laughs> <laughs> of your voices, and I'll be like, no, 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 no. So, anyways, I made I made up for the kind of mild disappointment from Chang chi by starting Yellowstone, which Chris has been 
raving about for a while now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm only four or five episodes into season one. I've barely begun and it's like, I'm obsessed with it. All I want to do is watch it like all day. I'm looking for any excuse to take a break and watch 10 minutes of it. Yep. And I don't quite understand why I love it so much because it, when you put all the, like when I discuss it, like when I was telling my parents about it tonight, for example, it doesn't sound that good. It's not that interesting, but man, I can't it's stop watching my world. And we're, and I'm, like I said, I'm, I know I'm not even barely into it and it's incredible. So, yeah, that that has more than made up in my head for Shang-Chi being kind of disappointing. Is that, oh, I found this new show and there's four seasons and wow, is it ever amazing. So, so that's what I've been doing lately besides working my, my butt off with all these trade shows and getting ready for the next ones and trying to restock my website um, is... You know, being mildly disappointed with Shang-Chi and being blown away with Yellowstone. Excellent. Um, not excellent that you're, you know, with Shang-Chi. Like, I, I'm right there with you. You know, I had, you know, I, like I said, like, it sounds like I'm dumping on I feel like I'm dumping on it. I'm not. I really, yeah, I, I'm really not I don't, intending I don't want to dump on it because it didn't suck. No. I just, I don't know. I, I think my expectations were higher. To me, like, in a Marvel perspective, this felt like Iron Man, like an Iron Man 3. Like, not a bad movie, mm-hmm. but no, no. but it's like, eh, you know, like, if I had never watched it, I wouldn't have missed anything. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Other than the introduction of the character. Whereas Iron Man 3, like, he was already established. But anyway. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to our Enders segment. Um, so prior to the recording of this episode, um, yesterday, the Spider-Man trailer, the final Spider-Man trailer for Spider-Man, No no Way Home, or no, Far From, I can't remember which one it is. No, no Way home. home. No Way Home, okay. No Way Home. Um, dropped, and, yeah, I, I, this is the Marvel movie I think I've been waiting for. This looks so amazing. Um... You know, Alfred. You know, the only the only reveal we didn't get was the is is Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire actually in this movie, and I'm pretty sure that's it's which, a, which it's we're we're ninety nine percent sure they are going to be in it. We're just yeah. not sure how big of parts they're going to have. I'm yeah. just excited because J. Jonah Jameson is there. Yeah, <laughs> I was, and, and this this trailer revealed that like, oh hey, Sandman's here, and that lizard dude, and like. There's there's a whole bunch of new stuff and, that we didn't even know. And Jamie Foxx's Electro actually kind of looks like Electro from the comic books. Um, yeah, they, I had to they, do a double take because I forgot about they, Jamie yeah. Foxx. And, and Green Goblin, you know, like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina. Well, we knew and, we knew about him from the previous trailer, but I really hope that the dialogue with Doctor Ock is as funny as it was in that minor clip where they're like, "What's your name again?" No, yeah. really, what's your name? <laughs> Well, it, Please. the trailer the trailer suggests to me that Doc Ock is going to start out as an enemy and then become an ally. I mean, there's he is a, a scientist of, at heart, so I mean, there's a couple really... of blurbs in there where yeah. it seemed more like he was going to be an ally than an enemy. 
So that could be interesting. There, there's some some uh, videos on YouTube's. Like I know uh, YouTube's YouTube, uh, where YouTube's? where uh, Screen Crush did a video where you actually see like in the trailer, Doc Ock, like when he grabs to or um uh uh bu- bu- get my spider-man's confused tom holland spider-man his his tentacles start turning red so it's like he's, nanotech yeah, yeah he's absorbing he's absorbing the nanotechnology <clears throat> right and i was like holy shit like like and i mean it makes sense because doc ock in in the marvel universe is one of the smartest you know people in the Marvel yeah universe. yeah so it totally makes sense yeah. that he'd be able to oh, hack guys, tony stark's you, tech um Sorry, Lauren, there's actually some people have screen grabbed and there's a couple screen grabs where people are like are there multiple spider-mans hiding in here what suits are they wearing well i, I was just gonna say we definitely saw more than one suit so my question is did we already see perhaps andrew garfield or toby mcguire and just not quite realize that's who we were seeing i don't know they're teasing us this is like this is really bad foreplay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. It's, it's it's pretty good foreplay, I think. <laughs> no, because I'm impatient. <laughs> yeah, we gotta wait till when is it? December seventeenth. We gotta wait. Not, it's not that far away. It's like, like a month days. away. I know, but it feels so far though. It feels so far. It's just come on. I mean, I I, I don't know. I just well, that, please Scooby do this crap. That, yeah, I that love that line. Doing a problem. Spider-Man and Dune are probably going to be the first two movies I actually go to a theater for in a, in a very long time. Because I've, I've been very content to just, even with Shang-Chi, I've been very content to just wait. I know it'll be on Disney for free, and I don't have to deal with theaters and pandemic restrictions. And even without pandemic restrictions, I don't really like going to theaters anymore. Not because of the theater part, and not because of how expensive it is, although those things are things. I just can't take audiences. It's just people playing on their phones and people talking and people getting up and walking around. Are you allowed to play on your phone in movie theaters now? You're not allowed to, but there's no policemen that come in there and smack you with a stick and say, stop doing it. And I'm from a small town, so someone will definitely say something. Well, I'm, I'm the guy who says things, and I always end up being the asshole for it. And I just, after... The, the last Jurassic Park movie when I just about punched out a, a man in front of his child after asking <laughs> him to be quiet three times, I realized, you know what? I just can't go to these theaters anymore. Like, this is ridiculous. Getting into a fist fight in a movie because somebody won't stop talking? Like, this is ridiculous, man. And, and I, I think, to be perfectly honest, I think a lot of it has to do with phones. I think people's attention spans are shorter because of of the instant gratification of playing with your phone. And it makes it hard for people to actually sit and just watch something for two hours. I have a disagreement with that, but that is just because of, I mean, I honestly think that most people who do play on their phones in movie theaters probably have ADHD or something like that and no self-control. Yeah. Because if they weren't, playing on their phones once upon a time, they would be throwing popcorn or humming to themselves or tapping their leg or something equally annoying. Yeah. But, you know, 
when you're you're in the theater and three rows up in front of you, the guy's on his phone, the light is in your face, it it, yeah. it still disrupts the movie. That's just rude. That's just I would nope. You know. So so anyways, and I've tried to go to see movies at weird times, like late at night on a Sunday or a Wednesday. Like I tried to pick off times and it still didn't matter. And so I realized, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem here. Maybe my expectations are too high for other people. And so I'm really happy to just wait. And, and yeah, and sure, I'm not up to date entirely, but I'll get there. But I think Dune and Spider-Man, I probably will take a whole lot of CBD oil before I go and just... <laughs> Tell myself, no matter how bad it is, you're not gonna, you're not gonna say anything. You're not gonna be rude. You're not gonna. You're just gonna watch the movie and hopefully it doesn't get ruined. Dean, I think with your stature, I'd be like, if a person turned around and saw you telling them to be quiet, they'd do a double take and listen. Well, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. The the worst thing I ever did, and this is when I was younger. There was a fellow behind me who wouldn't stop talking during the movie. And I turned around and asked him, and then I turned around and shouted at him, and then he still wouldn't talk. And I knew that if I turned around a third time, I was probably going to punch him, and that's not necessarily a, an appropriate response. So instead, what I did is I went to the concession, and I ordered the largest pop they had, and then on my way back to my seat, I tripped, and I spilled it all over him. Nice. And, yeah, that's still a dick move, because, of course, I didn't actually trip. But it was pretty convincing. Everybody around me believed that I had tripped. And uh, it did disrupt the movie for about 15 minutes. But he left, and once he left, I was able to watch the rest of the film in silence. <laughs> so that was my nonviolent solution. I only did it once. Uh, I was married at the time, and I was almost divorced at the time, because my ex-wife was pretty fucking pissed about that one. <laughs> You're my but hero. It, but in my head, that was a better solution than punching the guy in the face. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do either of those things now. But um, getting into an argument with a stranger in a movie theater just—it's just a situation I don't want to be in. So. So anyways, folks, if you go see a movie, please be considerate of the fellow people in the theater and try not to talk or play on your phone or get up to go pee every 10 minutes and try to just watch the thing you paid money for. Yeah. Or someone might dump soda pop on you. <laughs> or some large asshole might spill pop on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that there's nothing wrong with that. Um. I haven't encountered that lately. Like, uh, actually, I think with the restrictions, it's actually been kind of nice because, like, in Alberta, I don't know what's like in Saskatchewan, but you can't be at full capacity in there. Like, you only be at a third, I think. Um, I think it's the same. And, like, because the one, the, like, the, like, when I drive to the city to watch a movie, I go to St. Albert, and, you know, they got the reclining chairs. and It's really nice. But they actually got dividers. So, like, my wife and I will get seats beside each other. And then there's dividers on either side of us. So we don't see anybody anymore. Because the, <clears throat> because the dividers are painted black. 
so it, it's it's awesome like it, it's it's you know i i haven't encountered anything during the pandemic any negative um moviegoers during the pandemic so far i've only been to three movies since the restrictions but so far it's been good um kevin what are your thoughts on the spider-man trailer so and again thanks to my kid uh watching the trailer breakdowns last week now they come up in my youtube feed so now i've been seeing the spider-man ones as well um if you what is it spider-man's jumping at electro sandman and the lizard in one Mm -hmm. scene off of some like scaffolding yep and if you look the lizard is reacting to a punch but there's no one there. Yep. So it's looking like they already edited out whoever is with Spider-Man to appear in there. Um, I'm very curious about if certain other things are going to play in. Of course, everyone's wondering about Mephisto showing up at some point here in, in Marvel. Still doing the Mephisto thing? Yeah, they still are. Cause something seems weird about Dr. Strange. Um, and the the one I liked uh, at the comic store today, someone said, what if it's Mysterio as Doctor Strange? And he's still alive. I'm like, that could be interesting. Because something just seems off to me. And I don't know what it is yet for it. Um, but then there were two crazy theories today. And I'm like, I'd be good with either. One was, what if the No Way Home thing is not about the villains coming into our usual world but what if we lose this spider-man to sony pretty much so like in order to close the rift of the the multiverses he has to sacrifice himself so we lose this spider-man from the mcu but he continues on in his own sony movies and then could go up against like venom and morbius and those side projects there so I'm like, okay, that could, and that's his no way home. Yep. Maybe, you know, there's three Sony movies that aren't Marvel movies, and then he comes back later on or something. And I was like, oh, that could be interesting. <clears throat> but the one that got me, so when Doctor Strange yells out uh, something like, I can't hold it back, they're all combining, or, or they're all coming in together, something like that at the end of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Where is he? Does anyone remember where that scene is taking place in the trailer? I do not know. Okay. Um, it's all converging around the Statue of Liberty. Oh. Now, if we're converging multiverses, Marvel multiverses at that, where was the finale of the first Marvel movie? Not MCU, but first Marvel movie that really started this whole superhero craze? The, the X-Men at... Statue of Liberty. The X-Men at Statue of Liberty. <clears throat> oh, dear Lord. So what if that is, like, the center for the multiverses converging, and all of a sudden you see the original X-Men show up? Because these Spider-Man villains are showing up alive, for one, but also, you know, they're they're not showing up as we last saw them in any of the movies. So there's definitely a time difference here too, a little bit. Mm. Right. 
So what if this is our way of bringing mutants in? Could be. Now, nice. e- even for just a little bit here. Yeah. So, uh, uh, And honestly, because uh, Tony Stark stole the Avengers Tower, there's a big rumor that's going to be the Baxter building for Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. When, when they're brought in eventually, um, I, and then apparently they did massive reshoots or are currently doing huge reshoots for Dr. Strange. Yeah, I heard, I heard that. Six weeks, six days a week. Huh. And it's either we went somewhere with Spider-Man we weren't planning on in the editing, so we need to change Dr. Strange. Or we didn't expect WandaVision to be so big, she was going to be the villain. Now we need to make her either not the villain or more sympathetic. Hmm. And that might be the real reason why Marvel pushed back pretty much their whole slate. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm of I, all I'm, the of all the upcoming Marvel films, I'm the most curious about Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Yeah. And, and the reason for my curiosity isn't isn't any of the rumors or that. It's just the fact that Sam Raimi is directing it. Yep. And I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan. Mm-hmm. Of course, he did do the what the first three Spider-Man's. Spider-Man movies of yep. Tobey Maguire. Yeah, he did. And of course, Army of Darkness and Evil Dead and Dark Man and so many. I other love films. Sam Raimi so much. And I'm a huge fan of his. And I'm really curious about it to see what he does with it. Because I, I I have a feeling it's going to be different than a lot of the other Marvel films we've seen so far. I've already heard it's going to be the like the darkest one. Um, so I'm super curious about that, and them reshooting it only makes me more curious. So yep. I suspect you're right, Kevin. It probably is something like that. Um, I, I think this is when everything gets folded together between these two movies. Yeah. I think all of us need to buy tickets to go the first night and then discuss it. I'm going twice the first week. Um Jeez. <laughs> the comic, my local comic store rented the theater one oh, night. Sweet. Um, and and as doing a buy invite night for just the frequent customers of the comic store. And That's then awesome. it's going to be too late for me to take my kids. So then he and I are going to go later in the week too. Awesome. Um, the one thing but I want to I got to do. I got to just rent the whole theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you some can't. Of the, you, you some can. of them are only. Yeah, and some of them are only a hundred bucks to rent the whole theater, hmm. which that's really not bad to rent a th- whole theater. Like if you want yeah. to do a party, invite yeah. some close friends or whatever, that's really not that bad. Yeah, I should look into that. I'm not, I, that might be the solution to my problems. The the one thing I wanted to add, uh, like you were saying, Kevin, like about the, like the ho- No Way Home, that you know maybe Tom Holland Spider Man doesn't make it out of this movie because I had heard rumors for a while there while there uh while now that tom holland like his contract is up you know like they basically you know like they had to negotiate to get him into this movie and he might be interested in moving on from this role so i'm thinking that this movie will open up the possibility of doing future spider-man movies with either andrew garfield or toby Maguire, like seeing like an old like older versions of spider-man which we have seen in the comic books. 
And even in Into the Spider-Verse, we saw that, too. So, yeah, so maybe the next Avengers movie, it'll be Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man instead of Tom Holland. Well, I mean, also, we're we're all curious about, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, like, what's going on there. We're looking to the past. What if we look to the future for it? And as these multiverses collide, Kid Named Miles shows up. Man, I was just mm-hmm. going to say, how cool surprise. would that be if we yeah. got to meet a Miles Morales? Yeah. They're going to have to use him at some point. Have to. So what if he just showed up and everyone goes nuts and it turns out to be like some you know young teenage actor from a TV show that no one knew was cast as Miles and we find out Marvel has him for like five movies, you know? Yeah. We only have a month to wait. <laughs> yep, I can't wait. Um. All right. Well, speaking of trailers, have you guys seen the Disney Plus trailers slash announcements that were made at the Disney Plus thing that they had? It was overwhelming. I'll just say that. It was, just like, it was oh, a lot. God, yeah. This, this is a lot. I, like, I, this is a lot. I I gotta say, I am super excited about She Hulk. Like, seeing Tatiana Mussolini as Jen Walters, seeing Mark Ruffalo, you know, them doing that parody of of the original Hulk, you know, Don't don't Make Me Angry, You Wouldn't Like Me When I'm Angry. I love her. She's such a good actress. In the same frame size, too. Yep. They weren't doing that as, like, current TV show frame. They were doing it as... 80s TV show frame. Yeah. Like, jeez. That's just yeah. me. And that makes me think she's going to break the fourth wall, too. I hope so. Because, I mean, that that's like a trope from John Byrne. Like, you know, his She-Hulk run. Like, yeah. she, she was constantly breaking the fourth wall. And, and like I said, I love Tatiana Mussolini. She's such a great actress. If anyone... I recommend watching Orphan Black. I, I still have to watch the last two seasons. But... You you for like you're watching her on playing all these different characters that are, um, you know, clones, and she's doing all these scenes together. Sometimes like there's four or five of them of her in in the same scene, and you forget that they're the same person, you know, because she's such a good actress. You know, she does such a good job with each character that you forget that you're watching one person basically acting against themselves. Like, like, I'm so excited for her being in this sh- in this series, and and the Moon Moon Knight teaser, with um, oh, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Os- Oscar Isaac. Yeah, like I, originally I wanted Keanu Reeves for Moon Knight, but now seeing Oscar Isaac, yeah, he he's. I mean, I I'd still love a Keanu in in Moon Knight, but Oscar Isaac, he he's he's. He looks like he'll be doing good. But anyway, uh, any any more thoughts on 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 these trailers or teasers? I'm ready for all of them. I'm glad they're going to be staggered. Yeah, because uh, I know like Hawkeye starts next week, but it's mm-hmm. one episode a week. It's over. Book of Boba Fett starts. There's no crossover. Like that's. It's probably the only way I'm going to be able to get through all these. I just need an hour once a week to mm-hmm. watch it. Yep. And thankfully they are spaced out. But I, I know a lot of people are having 
saturation issues with it. Like there's just so much and I, I feel obligated yeah. to watch so much of it and all. And I do too. And I'm a big fan of it. And sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, I gotta get through this or I gotta stay up late to finish it in case people ask me about it tomorrow or whatever. But when I have time to do it, they're all still good. It's all still like, okay, compared to what I grew up with, even mm-hmm. if these are middle, you know, average for what's coming out now, it's still better than so much stuff I grew up with. That was the best that they, the best option I was given at the time, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm still loving everything. Like it, I didn't start low key right away when i finally did i'm like this is amazing it's so good um i didn't finish i had like a big break in cap or uh, falcon winter soldier and then when i finished i loved it what if i think i missed like a week and then came back and it was awesome um hawkeye i'm gonna try to do weekly especially the more and more that's coming out for it and someone did a big tease today for it oh my god can't wait um but all these other ones, like I, and that's the thing with being a geek too. I know my dad's going to call and say, I need this explained to me. You know, I know people at work aren't going to ask me stuff. I know friends. So I feel like the obligation to be up to date on it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am drawing a line because, like, uh, the Peacemaker series is going to start in HBO Max in January. Yeah. I'll see it when I see it. Yep. I'm not worried about the Marvel top of the list. Anything else when I get around to it? There's just too much. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be to be a geek and to be a fan. Uh, I was also going to say uh, um, I'm I'm really happy that I'm using my friend's Disney Plus account and that she is graciously provide me with the password and that Disney does not seem to care about so many different people using one account. <laughs> because I mean, obviously Disney, in my opinion, Disney plus is certainly worth the monthly fee. Oh God. Yeah. And if they ever do crack down on it, I got no issue paying it, but I'm loving that there's like me and nine other people sharing one account, watching <laughs> all of this amazing content. And, and only one person pays for it. <laughs> yep. They got enough money. I'm sure that'll change eventually, but for right now, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Disney controls half the world already. Like, come on. They 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 they, they can they can yeah. let this slide. Um. All right. Well, we're almost at the three hour mark, so I think we should call this an episode. But before we go, let's play that little game of where can we find you on the internet. So. Special guest star, Lillian, where can we find you? I'm on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, hold on a second, I always spell this wrong. I'm a talking squirrel, um, but there's no A in talking, so I'm not exactly phonetically correct. Um, <laughs> you can also... <laughs> You can also find me on Facebook with the squirrel says what Okanagan style, which I haven't done anything with my Facebook page in forever. And I'm always watching. I'm around. Excellent. That's me. Uh, Ragnar, where can we find you, sir? Well, um, Ragnar the Trader is me. Uh, So RagnarTheTrader.com is my main website. Or I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Ragnar the Trader. And if you're fortunate enough, 
I have a show in Winnipeg next weekend. The following weekend, I'm in Edmonton, then Lethbridge, and then back to Edmonton. So if you live in Alberta or Manitoba, you do have a chance to come see me in person. Nice. So you'll be in Edmonton on the 27th? No, I, uh, that's when I'm in Winnipeg. Oh, crap. Then I'm going to miss you. You're, I'll, so be you in, I'll be in Edmonton uh, December 4th, and then also December 18th and 19th. Oh, 18 and 19, I might be able to swing that, uh, depending on oh, sweet. on roads. Uh, where, where are you at for those oh, yeah. ones? Um, December 4th, I'm at the Kingsway Aviation Museum okay, for yeah. a show called Crescent Moon Curio Market. Yeah. And the 18th and 19th, I'm not sure where the venue is because it's a new venue, but I'm in town for the original Edmonton Witches Market. Okay. Well, 18 and 19, I, I, I am off that weekend. Um, cool. So the 9th, cool. I'm maybe thinking 19. Do a, maybe we can do another Trek uh, meetup. Yeah, well, I, I the 18th I won't be able to, but the 19th I might be able to. So maybe we'll do like cool. a, like after your show or something on the 19th. Um, but the yeah. fourth I'm working, I believe. Oh no, oh, wait, yeah. no, okay. I should no, I should be off that weekend. What am I thinking? I should be off that weekend. I don't know. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Yeah, try and get the boys together. Um, all right, Kevin, where can we find you, sir? I will not be in Canada. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're lost. Wow. You can find me on most social medias at Mass Library, and my blog is masslibrary.com. And then uh, I actually have a short episode going up tomorrow as we record tomorrow, um, figuring out the future of my podcast. It's getting really tough to book guests around the holiday season. Yep. Mm. It's it's almost like everyone has other obligations when they're not working. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent. So yeah. So uh, for the rest of the year, our next episode is our wrestling episode number three, where which we will be talking about our top five favorite wrestlers of all time and other other stuff wrestling related. Um. And then the episode after that will be the 2021 Chris Lockhart Christmas special, um, which I intended to record in segments, but I just couldn't get into the Christmas spirit this year. So I, I got to wait till it's a little bit closer to Christmas before I start talking Christmas. And then I believe we're ending the year with our year in review just prior to the new year. So that is what's going to be coming up in the next uh, month and a half. Uh, with the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. So, uh, anyway, I want to thank Lillian and Kevin and, and Ragnar for joining me in this episode. Um, we're almost at the three-hour mark. This was a long one, but it was a good one. And thank you, everyone, for coming on. And I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to us at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast, talking about what if and we're, and everything else that we talked about. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.
Mm-hmm. <laughs>